0: We were just saying. I said, "You I got a little take him. me out to the ball game," and uh, that was that was a good one. It's not easy to find. There are some horrific renditions of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." I Literally, imagine. that whole
1: intro. I don't know if you see, I saw, but I was like,
0: <laughs> I probably watched like seventeen different. <laughs> did, which three. one did you end up landing on? That was the he, Cubbies, but who was who was? No, it?
1: you didn't. This one that was the Phillies one.
0: Oh, that was the Phillies. Yeah, I thought they, they said, said Cubbies root for the Phillies. Ah. You were saying you,
2: you've actually saying take me out to the ballpark before? Uh, no. no. Oh, I thought you said you did.
0: No, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Way off. I mean, I was saying take me out to the bar. Yeah, game, but not, not, not like, like, like at a, at no, a no, shrimp no. game or anything. No, no. Okay. Thank goodness.
2: Yeah? You wouldn't do that? I
0: like, like, over, Well, I mean, it's a Cubs ritual. Most, I mean, nobody else really does it like that. Oh, they don't do it? They, okay, they play, I guess. they play like that. Like, they'll play like an uh bar like or a recorded. But, like a special guest. Singing, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. all Chicago Cubs. I, gotcha. I don't think anybody else does that. I mean, I okay. think that's only Chicago Cubs. Gotcha. But anyway, so it's supposed to be Major League Baseball opening day today. Yeah, yeah. No Christian Yelich. No does Christian, Christian Yelich. Get, does Yelich get any of the money that he signed up
2: for? <laughs> I mean, I hope so, man. that vac- a big signing bonus. The fact but- he's only making two hundred million now, like. I'll give some of my paycheck to him because once again, (laughs) I mean, like, I just feel like you're you're like the best player in baseball, and you're taking hometown discounts, man. Nobody tell Christian Yelich he's the best person in baseball because he's he's want like a pay raise. I
0: brought some gifts today. Oh, they're Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks. Nice. uh, Cracker Jacks. Nice. Nice. Cracker Jacks, hey! Dude, I haven't had. Graves, hey? I haven't had Cracker Jacks since
2: I was like. <laughs> and look, for and your Braves
0: fans, I found peanuts. Where
2: do you get those <laughs> from? The Braves. Where are you getting those from? Publix. Really? They have Atlanta Braves peanuts at Publix? Why not jumbo shrimp ones? Yeah. Well, I'm, I, don't, I had no I mean, idea. I didn't know. They had regular <laughs> peanuts there, too. Okay, I didn't know Atlanta Braves had their own thing in Jackson. Peanuts, here! Okay, we got some peanuts, yeah! I like it. The. uh um, get some. Uh, cold beer, sir. Yeah, well, I was thinking about. Uh, the bosses that. That aren't like, here, so I'm like, sure here. i sure just put one down so here.
0: Because the, because the boss is not here? Isn't there like a radio rule where you can have like one? You guys actually,
1: you guys are technically allowed to. I don't think I am because <laughs> I'm, I'm operating <laughs> the board. I think you're actually good. Like really? I think legally, yeah. That is yeah.
0: crazy to me. I'm
1: going no, to remember no, that. No, it being... Well, what other jobs <laughs> you actually
2: drink on a job? <laughs> no, really whoa, Come on. probably a lot <laughs> of them, but that's really crazy. It being on
1: camera and on stream probably... The the company
0: wouldn't like might it. be a but. little bit different. By the, it's way, hurt
2: our target by the audience.
0: way, what other job can you be drinking? What can you drink on the job right now? Everyone. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> from home. That's a dang good point. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we're not encouraging that, people. No. no. Disclaimer here from ESPN
2: 690. But I understand if you have kids, you know, go ahead. The, um, Crack one open. The, oh, last, the last Phillies
1: game I ever went to was an opening, opening day game against the Red Sox. Really? And Mookie hit four home runs in a row off us, and we were up in the nosebleeds, and that season... Oh, the fans turned quick. I mean, opening day,
0: it was probably the second one he hit. They're like, season's over. Let's all go home. <laughs> you know, Ty was telling me today, he said, like, there's a power rankings. I don't know where he was reading this stuff, but he said uh, the Braves were up there, and obviously the Dodgers and the Astros were up there, and uh, I don't know, name your team, whoever else uh, that makes sense. Where are the Brewers uh, I don't know where the Brewers I didn't know every team. But he said the Red out. Sox were number 19. I was like, the Red Ooh. Sox are 19th in the power rankings? Oof. Oh, the Yankees were up there, obviously. But of course. 19th. And, well, and then I said, well, you know, we what? Well, they don't have Mookie Betts. They don't have uh, Sale. And they don't have David Price. They just got rid of him, too. So maybe it makes yeah, some sense. The- you, know, you know what would be fascinating, really, this Major League Baseball season is if they only play, say, say they played half the games. Mm-hmm. Well, you could get a team. You know, there's some teams that go, they're surprised the heck out of you and hang in there for half the season. Well, then they just don't have the horses to do it. For the long term, It'd be interesting if we see any of that this year. That you could get this surprise team that all of a sudden nobody expected them to do this. Yeah, yeah. And and then they're doing that uh, would be interesting to see.
2: All right, so yeah, Red Sox according to ESPN right now are 19 in the power rankings.
0: 19th. I, if you World did Series power rankings all the way back to the start to of this century, I'm sorry.
2: The Red Sox are 75 to one to win the World Series right
0: now. I mean, I guess it makes some sense. It's just a little astonishing. I mean, because they've won. So much this this decade and yeah. and really this century, uh, to see the Red Sox and and they still have some big name guys, but uh, but they have lost a bunch too.
2: Uh, uh, Where's Washington? Uh, the Nationals. We have at give me the top seven. Five. Okay, top five. We got number one, Los Angeles Dodgers. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah. What else is new? Uh, number two, New York Yankees. Makes sense. Number three, Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. Number four, Tampa Bay Rays.
0: Yeah, I was saying that like, he's a Rays
2: fan. Well, uh, well, maybe you can get some friends together and go watch the ball games <laughs> and save that franchise because they need it. Uh, number five, Minnesota Twins.
0: And who's the fifth
2: one? Uh, the Twins, Minnesota Twins. Where are Rico the Nationals? Bedelli. Nationals are number seven. got to get Baldelli on the show. Get him on the show. I mean, I'll mean, i tell you what, I don't appreciate the Cardinals being number 12, the Reds being number 13, and then here's Milwaukee in last place and number 15 in, in the division. It's a tough division. Well, it's set aside from the because pi- the pirates, you know, but I was kind of <laughs> listening. Pirates. No, I was kind of listening. Uh, Where did you say the nationals were again? The Nash- The nationals are at number seven. Okay,
0: I thought of this. Uh, who is? This is going to be easy. Actually, it's going to be hockey. I would imagine. Who's the team you forget who won last year? Okay, so you had the. I mean, I mean well, let's go yeah, through it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The Chiefs. But I will say this about the Chiefs. The Chiefs, as any nobody's even talking about the Chiefs the last few months. That's a good point. You know, I mean, they won the Super Bowl, yeah. and yet I feel like nobody's talking about them. They, they, didn't, they had no moves in free agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sound like an XFL quarterback as a third-string guy. But the Chiefs, I mean, they feel like they've got Patrick Mahomes, they've got Andy Reid. And I understand they're the Super Bowl champs. But if you think about the teams that have been mentioned... And talked about a lot. I mean, the Patriots obviously because of Brady. Now the Bucks, of the Eagles, course, too. Oh, yeah, but the, yeah, Eagles, well, Cowboys, the, the, the,
2: the, Eagles, Dak. the Eagles when they won it, it seemed like it was like a never-ending. Well, that's a good story, call, right? And in it, that, 2017.
0: Yeah, New England obviously has had kind of the the stranglehold on mm-hmm. on that topic, and so everybody's always talking about New England. But I think that's a good call. Like, the Eagles
2: were way more in the news. You have Doug Peterson releasing books. You (laughs) got Jason Kelsey going crazy in his Mardi Gras outfits. Why why is that? Isn't that weird? It's underdog, man. It was the ultimate underdog story. You know, it, it was the thing where nobody really counted the Eagles to win anything Wentz goes down. So it's like, yeah, they're done. And obviously you got, uh, I think it was Chris Long rocking like the, he was wearing yeah. like the dog mask yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. So they embraced the underdog role. And, and obviously and the full story. And the full story. But they won, you know, and, and America embraces the underdog story. So I think they had something to do with it. But it got me thinking a little bit like that today because of that. Uh, it, Kansas City is, I, I'm not saying
0: they're irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I thought I would hear more about them as Super Bowl champs in the last couple of months. And you really haven't. I mean, that was only seven weeks ago. Yeah. And you really haven't heard much about them. You hearing about all these teams. Yeah, and it could be because, well, the good teams you don't talk about a lot in the offseason because it's the bad teams you're talking about in the offseason. That would be a fair point. I still thought we'd hear more. I mean, you talk about Patrick Mahomes, man. He's the yeah. face of the NFL right now. And yet I don't know if I see him anyway. Is that a little bit of the coronavirus? Like we're not seeing him on talk shows. We're not seeing him interviewed by ESPN. We're not seeing him. I mean, is he on the cover of Madden or something like that? I, see, I don't
2: know. I, I guess here's. Here's let's just do a little yearly wrap up here of what happened in sports, right? Where the the Kansas City Chiefs they win, and I to be fair, I think they're expected to win. Now, no, they didn't have the number one seed in the AFC that belonged to the Ravens, and there was a lot of hype around the Ravens. But I think we were so spoiled what happened, you know, two years ago with Patrick Mahomes when he sets all these records yeah. and everything, and he's the NFL MVP. We all just kind of assumed, well, eventually it's going to happen, right? Like they're, they're going to win one. And then even when they got to the Super Bowl and they played San Fran, like, yeah, you, it was literally a coin flip, man, because San Fran was a, a fantastic team, too. But I just thought we expected, you know what, Patrick Mahomes is going to come out here, do his thing, Travis, Kelsey, too many weapons, and they end up winning the ball game. And that's what, what happened. So it almost like the whole season, as we're following the NFL, it's like, yeah, this is starting to line up a little bit for maybe Patrick Mahomes. I no, 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 you called it. I remember you called it because I was all about the Saints and then I was about the Ravens. You called it when Patrick Mahomes came back. He said no one's talking about the Kansas City Chiefs right now because of Patrick Mahomes' injury. Yeah, right. But I still think once he came back, the writing was on the wall. But if you review, if you review the entire year of sports though, Brent, what do we have? We have the NBA. Nobody predicted the Raptors to to win a championship. Right. Are you kidding me? We have the St. Louis Blues, who had the worst record in the NHL at the All Star break. What a great right? story and a fantastic story. And then you have the Washington Nationals, who come out of the wild card barely skin like make it through the skin of their teeth from the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, you know some errors cost the Brewers that game, and the Nationals go on to win the whole thing. So like you had these. Improbable teams win championships, and the other side you just had the Chiefs doing Chiefs things.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. But who is so just real quick, who do you forget about? Like, those were great stories. The Nationals yeah. were an unbelievable story including Howie Kendrick yeah. and, and his local ties here. But the Blues were a fun story. And mm-hmm. remember that young lady who they pretty much adopted oh, yeah, on the team? Yeah. I mean, that was a great story. Gloria, yep. Uh, Gloria, and Toronto, Toronto, it will probably be the most overlooked. Championship in NBA history when we're set when it's all said and done, but some yeah. of the shots yeah. that were hit, obviously by Kawhi Leonard, yeah. and now that he's not there anymore, but the but the story about Toronto is I feel like I have heard their name a little bit because people are surprised they've been good this True. year. They were good until everything stopped.
2: True, and and, well, and probably you know, in in, in the country or I mean, in, in Canada as well. I mean, I'm sure they're excited, but let's be honest, they're they're a hockey, you know, the the there are hockey towns over there. So I'm like. Yeah. Raptors. <laughs> yeah, all back. right. But uh, hey, can the Maple Leafs get it going, please? You know, so it, it ah. might have been. This would be a great one to um,
0: say. And I I don't know how to phrase this and I'm not trying to uh, disrespect anybody's fan base here or anything like that. But because Toronto's a big city, right? Mm-hmm. Washington, obviously, big city uh, or <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. Uh, it's not, Yeah. Washington, big city. District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, St. Louis is a big city. But what I'm saying is those are not premier teams. Kansas City Chiefs, they're not the premier teams of their leagues. Sure. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and that all four are in that category. Like mm-hmm. if you had to name the top five teams in the NBA and Major League Baseball, NHL, uh, and NFL, mm-hmm. none of those teams would make the list. No. Heck, they might not make the top ten. Yeah. You're right. They really might not make the top ten. Like if you think of perennial Franchises, Sure. And they're all carrying the trophy. Maybe that's a little bit why we haven't heard as much about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: you know? I mean, that could be, you know, and especially if we've been so accustomed to dynasties now and everything like that, too. Like, to me, a good Super Bowl or a good Stanley Cup, I mean, you need at least one of those teams, to me, that that's been there before. You don't need two teams that are, like, kind of fresh on the block and everything like that. And, you know, like the the Nationals, they have the Astros, right? And the Astros, like, were the team to beat the whole year, and the Nationals come out and they beat them. And the 49ers have been, you know, the Super Bowl before a little bit, but they've still kind of, you know, the past decade or so haven't had the most success, obviously. So I think you also need a good dancing partner to go along with that. Like, if you're going to win a championship, it has to be against someone that obviously is a formidable opponent.
0: Kuz, we have somebody on the line still there hanging. Appreciate it. Uh, By the way, before I forget, uh, when we're done, we've got to lice all the packages here. Oh, Since good way call. I, I hand them to you. Yeah, See, man, I forget you, these things. This, I'm putting
2: this all at risk here,
0: Brent. Uh, I was just trying to do a nice thing on opening day, but, yeah. uh, nice opening day, but yeah. make sure uh, that you uh, Lysol it up. Thank you very Clorox much. or whatever you're using uh, right we now. Have, we hand have, sanitize. We have
2: Clorox today, Brent. Okay, very yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Uh, Stevens on the line. Action Sports Jackson, on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging through our uh, sidebar there and tangential topic. Uh, what's up, man? Uh
3: Thanks. Uh, Big fan of you guys and huge Jazz fan. Uh, I have a question, and I would like to know your opinion. They've been filling in free agency, defensive holes that they've been needing. But my opinion is, should they, in the beginning of the draft, go straight for offensive weapons for Gardner Minshew? Like maybe number nine pick, maybe go Henry Ruggs, wide receiver from Alabama. Got a great hand, great route runner. And let's face it, maybe the only person to keep up with them is maybe Tyree Hill. Mm-hmm.
0: Stephen, good uh, question, man. Thanks for listening to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Everybody invited to jump on in, by the way, 904-362-9901. And it, it's a great question. In fact, somebody uh, actually said it to me in, in – similar context the other day. Sounds like they're going defense a lot in free agency. Will they go offense in the draft? And I think if you look at them over time a lot of people subscribe to that. It's like, okay, if we're gonna build this year we're gonna build an ad through the draft on this end of the football, this side of the football for the most part. Mm -hmm. And on the other side we'll go through free agency and plug a few holes in. Uh what's interesting is you could you could make the case that the Jags feel like they have a lot of their offense in place with that offensive line, with their receivers, a group of with they tendered Keelan Cole. Yeah. They brought back Conley. You know Westbrook's a part of it and you know DJ Charks. I mean that's four receivers that they feel like they can rely on. I'm not saying they don't need help. I'm saying they feel like they can rely on the quarterback, the running back uh, even some of the young running backs. I mean, there are not a lot of holes. I think that they feel now. I believe they can get more dynamic. I think they can get better in some of those spots. But to Stephen's point, I—I was Stephen's point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, like, I see you, man. <laughs> cool. that, was, uh, that was not on purpose. Shout uh, to the pointers, good go pointers. But I—I think what he's saying is not wrong. But I wouldn't pigeonhole the Jags on offense. In this First of all, they have 12 picks. They can go both sides of the ball if they want.
2: Mm.
0: But I think you're talking about those first four rounds and maybe even the first three rounds. So really you're talking about four picks to seven picks and which way are they going to go to have instant maybe help. Yeah. And I think it's a great story. It's a great debate. Do you go with – we're going to get into this today. It's one of our topics is that defensive front. Javon Kinlaw, Derek Brown. Why isn't anybody talking about anybody else? Are there other options at 9 or 20? But Stephen brings up a great point. I think you need to do more to help Gardner Minshew. Does a guy like Ruggs or Judy or C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. do they do the best job to help Minshew? On top of that, could you make the case that one of those offensive linemen gives you a better offensive line instead of, say, a Cam Robinson playing left tackle? Mm-hmm. You get an upgrade at left tackle with one of these guys at number nine or even number 20 if they were to slip. So you can sell me on that. I think the Jags right now are very much up in the air on which way they want to go.
2: You know, if you would have asked me this question to start up the 2019 season, I'd have been like, don't worry about wide receivers. You know, like, well, they can get them when they can get them. I'm not worried about taking wide receiver in the first round. But then I see guys like DK Metcalf, and I see guys... Um, like Brown from, from the Titans, you know, and I even see guys like Andy Isabella who only played for a shorter period of time but still made an impact. I see those guys, and it's like, man, that's instant impact, all right? Like, th- th- one could argue that Ryan Tannehill had a lot of success because A.J. Brown was Absolutely. there. Look at his numbers a lot in that stretch. It wasn't Corey Davis. No, no. offense to Corey Davis, former first-round pick from Western Michigan, I believe. It wasn't Corey Davis. It might have been a little Tajay Sharp, but it was all A.J. Brown, okay, a rookie wide receiver. So you have to ask the, the question, Brent, if you could have a DK Metcalf or an A.J. Brown on your team right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars, would you take it? And you you absolutely would. You'd be absolutely insane not to turn it down. Now, the question comes, obviously, is C.D. Lamb, is, you know, Jared, J- Jerry Judy, is Ruggs that type of player? And, you know, there are different types of players. Obviously, like DK Metcalf. He's kind of a one-of-a-kind, right? Like, no one's going to look like that. He he looks like an action figure. He looks like a G.I. <laughs> G. Joe. All right, they don't make a lot of D.K. Metcalfs. But I look at C.D. Lamb, I'm be like, man, the guy's pretty legit. He runs great routes. And I, I get it. You have D.J. Chark, fantastic. Man, he had a great year last year. D.D. Westbrook, obviously. I'm kind of underachieved a little bit. Big question marks one of this year. Chris Conley, okay, but... To me, wide receiver position, it's always like a defensive line position where you can add depth to it. You can always add more weapons, especially, you know, with Gruen, who likes to spread the ball around a little bit. If you go after CD Lamb, you know, I mean, if you go after a Ruggs, and especially now, like, yeah, Ruggs, he's like, what? It's maybe six feet. You look at his side, it's like, well, he's not a pro-typical one receiver. Well, guess what? Neither is Tyree Kill, but it works out just well for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? It's so, a return, man. Exa- who's that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tyree Kill. Yeah. So I just, to me, at, Number nine, I don't see it happening, but at number twenty, with this quote-unquote deep wide receiver draft, which we've been told, you know, the whole time here, where if teams maybe taper off a little bit and teams kind of let the wide receivers get picked a little bit and wait till later on in the draft. I mean, if there's a CD Lamb there, if there's a Rugg there for some reason. It's a possibility because, once again, what have we been talking about the whole time in free agency? Helping out Gardner Minshew. To me, getting a legit wide receiver in the first round helps out out Gardner Minshew even more than an offensive tackle would. Because, once again, I think Cam Robinson, whether you believe it or not, maybe the knee was bothering him a little bit. Maybe he comes back next year and has a better year. This year.
0: Mel okay. Kiper uh, Jr., by the way, I think, mocked seven wide receivers in the first round. Really? Seven <laughs> wide receivers in the first round. Let's stay on the topic. We'll come back. Uh, offense or defense? Which way should they lean in the draft early? I'm talking early. I'm talking impact players. And I'll give you, if you missed it, I, I kind of did this last week. I am convinced they are not taking a receiver in round one. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. But the M.O., the the front office, I know. And I think I have a feel for down there is not picking a first round wide receiver, but it's all about ability. You know that GIF, 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 GIF whatever there, no, GIF. No, GIF. There you go, GIF. You right, know that, whatever it, up, it is, get it right, GIF. You know that one where you hit like upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you can tell me that they have spots
2: that are occupied. Yeah. But you can't tell me that there is an upgrade ability what? all across that offense. And let me ask you this. What was the biggest problem last year, Brent, for the Jacksonville Jaguars on offense? What would you say? I would say the red zone. Oh, good call. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you've got like T. Higgins, 6'4", big bodied receiver.
0: Intriguing. Uh, you get me excited. Let's talk more about it next. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690.
3: What are also a lot of people who the fans want to come back. What's going on with them right now? Right. A lot of them aren't making money. Correct. So all of a sudden, that disposable income that you could use to take your kids to a game might not be there yeah. for a while, for yeah. a little while. So this the trickle effect on this is, is obviously going to be huge.
0: I, I agree. I don't think it's going to be, okay, here we go, things. Yeah just as they were last summer Not No, I, I think it's way. going to be a slow stream back and it may take a little longer than some people realize go look and Wingo each and every morning 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. on ESPN 690 make sure you uh, check out the show in the morning as well and keep it locked on ESPN 690 all day long including us 3 to 6 here on ESPN 690 Action Sports Jack's Brent Martino Austin Lane Coos here on a Thursday hope you're doing well everybody Um Hope uh, you're kind of settling in and getting work done and family time and and uh, trying to take some of the positives out of uh, what has become a bizarro world in a way in the last couple of weeks. And uh, it's not changing anytime soon. So uh, make sure you stay up with the latest on Action News, Jackson, WOKV, 104.5 WOKV on the radio side and, of course, on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Uh, here we'll try to entertain you a little bit with some sports and do what we do every day. Talk sports because we got plenty to talk about. Yes, we do. Talk sports all day. Uh, we could, uh, talk a lot of different topics. So let's stay on the one that Stephen got us on. Do they go offense in the draft? And this has been a fascinating point in my own mind. Like, what do they do? And let me just, uh, here's where I'm going to go with it. In my opinion, I do not think they get one of these top flight wide receivers in round one. And I'll just reiterate what I said, and I'll do it it, it very quickly. I said this last week. If you look at the MO of the Jags and Dave Caldwell in this front office, I don't think we've seen enough evidence that they'll go do that. Now, you're going to tell me, well, they went and got Leonard Fournette, and that was a little bit out of character. I agree with that. It was. Uh, That was a mentality play that was also heavily... Well, you could debate whether it was heavily influenced by Tom Coughlin at the time. Uh, I think uh, that was an attitude play and a style play. And and so I think that was a little bit more of a one-off. The reason why I hesitate to say the wide receivers would go at 9 or 20, and you could convince me maybe a little bit more if they, go, if they trade back and it goes to like 28 or 27, but 9 and 20, I don't think so because, one, they need some big bodies. Two, they have too many holes to fill – Three, there is so much depth in this draft when it comes to wide receivers. We all know that. We're sick of hearing about that. And four, the Jags have shown an ability to find talent in the second round with wide receiver anyway, regardless if it was a deep draft or not. Allen Robinson, they also picked Marquise Lee that draft, but Allen Robinson certainly has proved out. And, of course, now DJ Chark is proving that he was a good selection. Mm -hmm. In the second round, the Jags thought they got a ton of value there because they thought he was a first-round grade. So those are examples that I think the Jags will lean on. And they'll say, you know what, this is one of the deepest drafts. And even in drafts that weren't as deep as this, we were still able to find productive, very talented players at the wideout position. Why are we going to go spend a number nine overall pick or number 20 overall pick on a receiver when we can almost accomplish the same thing? The only question, man, is this. Do they rate one of these guys off the charts? Mm-hmm. And and I understand Judy and Ruggs, uh, even Higgins to a degree, but definitely C.D. Lamb. Those guys have been grouped as kind of the separation. Uh, Higgins is kind of climbing into that category. He is an intriguing guy. He is. But are they Julio Jones? Are they A.J. Green? Are they even a Murray Cooper because if you don't feel like they're that guy, then I don't know if I'm spending a first-round
2: pick in this draft on one of those guys. To be fair, though, when Amari Cooper came out, like he wasn't really known for his speed. He was known for his route-running ability and just being a very dependable receiver. But he was now, always
0: a top-five pick candidate.
2: Oh, no, he was always top Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think he was the first wide receiver obviously taken in the draft, and he had all the hype around him. But I'm just saying, like... If you look at Amari Cooper coming out of college, I didn't think Calvin Johnson. I didn't think Julio Jones. I just thought, all right, this is a, a pretty dependable receiver. We'll see what happens. And remember, when he got to Oakland, I mean, he did okay, you know, and nothing, nothing a first round draft pick should be worthy of. But then he goes to, uh, you know, Dallas and obviously has that resurgence. Now he's one of the best wide receivers, arguably in the league. So he obviously found found the right system, the right team to get on with. But I'm just saying, These Calvin Johnson types, these Julio Jones types, even these DeAndre Hopkins types. Who DeAndre Hopkins wasn't a first round pick, you know. I mean, he he came from a very talented wide receiver pool from Clemson, but he wasn't a first round pick. But my point is, these prototypical first round guys, you don't really see them for whatever reason. You don't really see those guys that much anymore. Now you see like the Nikhil Harrys, and you know you see the, the the taller receivers of the world, like the guy we just mentioned from Clemson, but. They're not like the game changers. They're not the guys that are going to run, you know, four threes like Calvin Johnson. I think Calvin Johnson ran a four three or four four. So you're not going to see those anymore. So it all comes down to, Brent, every team I feel like has something different that they're looking for at the wide receiver spot. Like, yeah, you, you don't want a guy that's fast, a guy that can run good routes. But the most important question is, and especially with Jay Gruen now, you know, headlining your offense is, Can one of these guys that we just mentioned fit in Jay Gruden's offense? Can Jay Jay Gruden make one of these guys work to his best of abilities? And I would argue probably, yeah. Because if you look what Jay Gruen does, his ability to spread the ball around, his ability to throw different kind of formations and sets at you, you always keep defenses guessing. And if there's a guy in this draft, Bren, who can, you know, kind of keep the defense on their toes, whether it's with his speed, whether it's with his route running ability, or whether it's with his red zone presence, because keep in mind, if you don't have that bona fide tight end, then you have to go to the receiver. I'm just saying I wouldn't throw out of the realms of possibility at a 20 pick to see a wide receiver get taken.
0: What do you think, then? Uh, what do you think they need in that regard to be a little de- – what don't they have? Uh, you know, Again, I'm not sitting here saying DJ Chark is the bona fide number one guy. He's going to have to show us a little bit more than that. But he's obviously got talent. Mm-hmm. Hey, you don't just do that by mistake. Uh, heck, he caught everything at one time. D.D. D. Westbrook is different, right? I mean, he's not your prototypical six-foot-three guy. I mean, he's he's not that. Yeah. Chris Conley. I mean, Conley is some of that. You know, I mean, I know he hasn't established Freak himself athlete, as, as like a one receiver or even a two, but freaky athlete. Ha- has the combine record in the vertical. Did you know that? Yeah, well, when we talked to him, yes. Yeah, crazy. But not only that, man, but he shook, he's known for his speed. But last year, how about his power? How about breaking tackles? I thought he was impressive in that uh and but he is he's their third guy, but so what are they missing is my point? What are they lacking in, in say a one or two kind of receiver someone yeah. a couple with d j Chark. that would be Something that if you were an offensive coordinator, you could play with. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to label a, a a receiver a toy, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's like you're playing a video game. Yeah. So how do you create mismatches? Yep. And what would you get? I mean, heck, the Claypool kid from uh, Notre Dame is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can line him up. Oh, a, yeah, in three yeah. different spots. Big dude. Four different. You can play tight end. Put, I'm for saying, you. put, put, put him <laughs> yeah. So and in this day and age, but did you already get that guy with Josh Oliver since he's kind of your receiving tight end? Yeah. So what are we looking for? Because then that
2: could narrow down. Is it Judy well, or do you just need a burner? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because see, you want to say you, well, you want to see a deep threat, right? But then I can make the argument. Well, DJ Chark and even D.D. Westbrook, a lot of their you know yardage came from the deep ball. I think Keelan from Cole
0: averaged like 18 yards a catch at exactly. times in his career. Exactly. So, <laughs> Again, I'm not going to sit here and say hey, everything's on Keelan Cole. I yeah, get yeah. it,
2: but so if I'm breaking down the Jaguars receivers right now, I think their strength could also be considered maybe their, I guess, weakness in a way, where the Jaguars receiving core right now, so this is the same thing going into last season, they're a lot of the same guy, which can help you, but can also hurt you. They're a lot of the same guy when, when I say... Well, sizing purposes, they're pretty much the same height, right? Um, Strength, I mean, yeah, Chris Conley is kind of a stronger guy. But I think legitimately they're all kind of the same kind of strength guy. And they're a lot of the same style of receiver. Like, they can all run the route tree and everything. Like, they're not going to specialize in the go route. Like, they can do everything, okay? So if we say that and we see, like, yeah, they have a bunch of guys that are about 6'1". Well, then what's the outlier? What's in that puts you over the top? And to me, that's the prototypical one receiver. And that's T. Higgins, in my opinion. A six four guy who can go up and get the football, right? Especially in the red zone where you struggled last year. Especially in the red zone where you would take out Chris Conley for whatever reason. Has the highest vertical of all time, John DeFilippo. Not sure why he took him out. It is what it is. You put Keehan Cole <laughs> That's bizarre. But- to me, T. Higgins is in, is in a spot down there where it's like, all right, jump ball, jump ball, jump ball. Because like, when's the last time you saw the Jaguars just throw a jump ball at the jump ball in the, in the red zone? Brent Allen Robinson, I guess. Allen Robinson yeah. would be the guy, and it worked out pretty <laughs> they well tried for him. To
0: throw fades with portals at times. <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah, work out. yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's stay
0: on. I, I like the conversation, man. I want to find the receiver that would be worth picking in round one for the Jaguars. Plus, it will let it will get us into the defensive line a little bit. Next on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety.
3: I would not be for seven-inning games. Um, you know, first of all, I'm not I'm not for a bunch of doubleheaders either, uh, you know, just for a lot of different reasons. But you know, every single team is set up and has has advantages and disadvantages based on their bullpen you have a seven-inning game, even if it's only once a week you're playing two seven-inning games, there are going to be certain teams that have a huge advantage, and there are going to be certain teams that are at a disadvantage based on their roster construction. And I just don't think baseball wants to go down the road of of setting a precedent that seven-inning games are okay.
0: Oh, no, but we can go down the road of uh, electronic
2: umpires and strike zones. Do it. Do, Come on, Mark The De DeShera. Seven inning games. Let's go and see, see how the Brewers do. The Brewers might go undefeated. Just to let you know. Listen. The Brewers I, were made for seven inning games.
0: We had this discussion last year, right, when everybody was starting to change around like, hey, uh, you can only pitch to three batters, which now is like, oh, you have to pitch to three, batter, three batters, yeah. which is a rule now. Yeah. You know, the timing issues, the how do we change the game, the this, the that. And I told you, and I'm a baseball traditionalist. I don't like replay. I don't like anybody messing with my game. And if I'm telling you, if you give me electronic strike zones, uh, I'm 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 not going to say what I'm going to do, but <laughs> it might turn me away from the game. Seriously, that's uh, the first thing that's ever I've said that. Be like I'm. I be, be a hockey a fan. fan. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe that's how bad it could get. Uh, <laughs> but I I suggested this last year sometime when we were talking about all the change to Major League Baseball. And I think you could actually remedy a lot of the situations, a lot of the things you're trying to improve by going to seven inning games all the time. Mm. And I really don't think it would be that big of an adjustment for the fan. See, the biggest complaint about baseball is it takes too long. Well, take a couple innings away. It takes less time. You're talking about maybe 45 minutes to an hour less, depending on the flow of a game. And... I just think it would be a solution. Again, I don't mind the nine-inning games. I'm talking about if you are trying to open it up to this new generation and the younger player and pull in casual fans, hey, if you got to go to seven-inning games, go seven-inning games. Now, I'm taking it totally out of context. That's not what Mark Teixeira was talking about. He's talking about doubleheaders if they have to shrink the season, then go to seven-inning games. That's what minor league baseball does. Mm-hmm. They go to seven-inning games. So Teixeira is wrong here, too. If you're trying to squeeze games in, then seven inning games are probably the right way to go. Two nine inning games, health reasons, uh logistical reasons, uh fan reasons. People don't want to watch two nine inning games. They just don't. Diehards do. Yeah, I'm not talking to you. I'm you. Okay? I'm I'm the diehard. I get it. But you have to admit this if people don't want to do this. So two seven-inning games, uh, so what? If it favors a team, it favors a team. There are a bunch of things that favor teams. And usually the better teams are going to win regardless. Yeah. So uh, I think they would go to that, and I, I'd be okay by adopting the uh, minor league rules of going to seven-inning games if that's the case. Uh, I disagree with the sheriff, And I hope they do some doubleheaders. I'd I like to play as many games as possible. I think owners want that because of the gates. I think... Players want that because of statistics. You know, who is going to have – if you only play 90 games, say 100, 100 is easy. If you play 100 games, which means maybe the average guy misses five games uh, because of rest or whatever, and plays 95 of them. Mm-hmm. Well, your number of hits, your number of home runs, your number of RBIs, all those uh, – what are we doing, prorating them? Is that how you get your next contract? I don't think anybody's coming out of this next season and saying, boom, you're now getting $500 million. I mean, even Mookie Betts. Yeah, does he get hurt by a year like this because his numbers aren't going to look so gaudy as some other people's numbers have?
2: I just think with with the pre, uh, with inflation every single year, Brent. I just feel like there's going to, especially we talk about analytics of baseball. Is there any more sport that uses analytics and crunches numbers more than baseball? No. I think they can crunch the numbers and be like, all right, well, Project you know, it. this is this is what he did in, in 90 games. These are The projections of what would it be with 160 something games? So. Yeah. They'd probably pay him off that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh,
0: it, it, it's going to be, I think, Major League Baseball, in this case, is the most fascinating of all sports. I can find simple solutions for the other ones so far. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, I'm not sure it's so simple. Uh, and uh, Mark Teixeira talking about uh, games and doubleheaders in the middle of the week. All right. Uh, let's get back to football. I need to find a receiver. I've mm-hmm. got a different twist on this for just uh, as we continue to try to find the guy. Because, again, my, my opinion is I don't see him picking one in the first round. I don't think it's going to happen. Now, Mel Kuyper has seven of them going in the first round, mm-hmm. and I still don't think the Jags are getting one of them. The, if you could take a receiver right now in the game reasonably for the Jags, that would add and make you so dynamic. In the NFL or in the draft? The NFL. Okay. So I'm talking Because I, I want to give people a reference point. Heck, I want to give myself a reference point. We can rattle off the great receivers, right? I mean, heck, people think Stephon Diggs is one of them. Michael Thomas, uh, Tyreek Hill, Adams from uh, Packers, Devonte Adams, Devontae Adams, and then you've got your A.J. Green's and your Julio Jones, and, and and let's let's go along the. I'm not talking about this stage of their career. I'm talking about guys the, that are healthy, guys that you know, uh, you know, like A.J. Green. Let's assume he's healthy. Okay. Uh, uh, Amari Cooper, obviously. Uh, Julio
2: I, Jones in his prime. Then we're uh, going or uh, right now.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, Julio Jones is prime. Okay. Prime. I mean, you could go Larry Fitzgerald, but I'm thinking more like DeAndre Hopkins right now. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do is grab a style receiver. You've got Tyreek Hill, the burner. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. The mitts don't lie. I mean, yeah. they, they just he catches everything. Yep. Uh And he's a tough guard. Right. I mean, he is tough to defend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the alpha dog that I think in the NFL I put AJ Green in the conversation, but I feel like it's Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. You just don't make guys like that. You know, Atlanta was not wrong necessarily to go trade what they traded to get him. He's delivered. It was a lot. You know, that's a yeah. lot. And he's yeah. delivered. Michael Thomas, route runner that is so crisp, right? Mm-hmm. And just a catching machine, 125 catches a season. So if I give you those, those are different styles, you would agree? Correct. Right? Hopkins, Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones. I know they all make the Jags better, if you had one of them. Yeah, But if you only had one to pick, who are you trying to get that makes the Jags way better and way more dynamic with what they already have?
2: With what I know of Jay Gruden as well? Yeah. To throw him in the mix? Yeah. Listen, I think Hopkins would be the sensible pick, right? Because you can put Hopkins in the slot. You can put him on the outside. You can do a lot of different things with him. But once again, if you break down the Jaguars right now and the wide the receiving core – They have guys that can do that. They have guys that can play the slot. They have guys that can go on the outside. So, for me, once again, I'm I'm going to the big body, Brent. I'm going to the guy that I can line up outside. I can say, go get it and make a game-changing play. So, with that being said, either it's going to be A.J. Green or Julio Jones. A.J.
0: Green or Julio Jones. Okay. Uh, so you're Once going again, with that the alpha their dog primes. guy.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I'm going prototypical one receiver. I don't even go in the slot a lot. I just need him on the outside against the best corner and say, go up and go get it.
0: Okay, so then who do you think? Or uh, what I was trying. Michael Thomas.
2: I mean, you make an argument because Michael Thomas plays a lot outside too. But you know, Michael Thomas. Like when I think of Michael Thomas in the red zone. I think of like those two yard hitches more than I do like him going up to get a ball. I mean, well
0: that, that's a great. They're all crossed. It's a great thought right patterns. there, right? Don't you feel like a DJ Chark in in more so maybe even a Dee Westbrook? I'm not saying they are the, hit, but that style kind of fits them. Yeah. Where they can run these, they gonna they find open space and make catches. Exactly. Right. I uh, mean,
2: yeah. no, you're absolutely right. That's what Michael Thomas does very so well. So that's
0: why. Okay, we say okay,
2: we got some of that. Sure. We
0: feel like we, I mean we don't have it at that level, but we got not some even of close.
2: That. But yeah. <laughs>
0: I would think the two glaring things that you don't have. Is what you said, that alpha dog Julio Jones, or just a flat out burn you. Mm. And it's not a lot of teams have Tyreek Hill. You know, that's why people are in love with Henry Ruggs right now Mm -hmm. because they've seen what's going on in Kansas City and they're like, well, you can't catch up to him. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little dangerous just to fall in love with speed. Uh, I mean, because honestly, if you put, I understand Tyreek Hill makes them work and helps them go. But I don't know if I put him in top five receivers that I'd want. I'm, yeah. You know, I mean, just because he's that fast, I understand he makes them go and he'd, he'd add to your team, but he's not to me top five receiver in the game.
2: Yeah. I mean, we can definitely get a Ouija board right now and Aldeus would say, what's up, man? Because speed doesn't always work out. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. It, it doesn't always work out. And we remember Tyree Kill coming out of college. I mean, he wasn't that big of a, of a get, right? Like, teams weren't clamoring to get Tyree Kill. So I definitely agree with you where speed isn't everything. Now, sometimes, yeah, speed can can help you out a lot. And obviously with Ruggs right now coming from Alabama, and keep in mind, to me, Ruggs is kind of like that guy like uh Hopkins was at Clemson where Hopkins played in, in a wide receiver room full of talent, and he kind of went unnoticed a little bit. That's why he wasn't a first-round pick. Ruggs is kind of the same thing possibly where, yes, Ruggs will be a first-round pick, but how, just, how capable is Ruggs just because they were so deep at wide receivers, so talented where we possibly didn't get to see his, his full skill set just because he wasn't always getting the ball?
0: All right, I'm gonna take the top ten guys that most people would have on their board. And I'm gonna say, Okay, if you want Julio Jones, he's a six foot three guy, two hundred and twenty pounds, that's an alpha dog at wide receiver. A lot of receivers are made six two, one ninety five, six two, two hundred, even six three, two hundred, you know, but two twenty, six three, yeah, and you can run like you can run, well, to me, if you want that guy, the closest thing to him is T. Higgins. Correct. Six foot four, two sixteen is what I've got him listed as and probably can even man up a little bit more and, and put some beef on his body, right? Sure. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I would say next on that list, again, I'm going off measurements, Denzel Mims from Baylor, who I haven't seen a ton of, but he's like 6'3", 210. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, so then you get down to like Brian Edwards from South Carolina. So that takes away, I think, who many believe are the top eh, top guys, top flight guys in this draft. That's what it narrows down to. If you want the Julio Jones kind of guy, mm-hmm. well, you're talking about Higgins or even a Mims. Now, Mel Kuyper thinks and a lot of people think they're going at the back end of uh, the, the second half of the first round. Yeah. So that would be around the 20th pick for the Jags if they get fortunate enough or maybe would have to wheel and deal a little bit mm-hmm. to pick up one of those guys uh, if you're thinking that way.
2: You know what, what's funny, too, about T. Higgins? Uh, I've been looking up the past couple of days. So... I brought up A.J. Green's breakdown of um, of him getting drafted, like, you know, his pros and weaknesses and things like that. And then I also broke down uh, T. Higgins' strengths and weaknesses. And it is insane just how comparable these two gentlemen really are. A.J. Green, 6'4". T. Higgins, 6'4". A.J. Green, arm length, 34 and 3 ace, T.J. Higgins, 34 and one ace. Now, strengths. A.J. Green... Possesses prototypical height and wide uh, receiver catch radius. Um, Has very good speed. A very true vertical big play threat. Explodes off the line. Eats up cushions immediately. T. Higgins plays long with his frame. Explodes out of receiver stance. Played all three receiver spots. Can be used in great mismatches. Long strides. He's a ground gainer. Um, Speed turns and posts, whatever that means. Rare instincts once the ball goes up. Now. The weaknesses, and this is where it sent out to me. The only weakness of AJ Green coming out of uh, of Georgia was the fact that he can be harassed at the line of scrimmage by press man corners. Bigger defensive backs will give AJ Green problems coming out as a rookie. Let's go to T. Higgins, beat up by lesser competition at the cornerback uh, at the cornerback position in press coverage. Um, needs to improve on route tree and also lacks physicality at the top of the route. So pretty comparable people. To A.J. Okay, Green. To A.J. Green. Yep. So the, 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 this is back and forth. And obviously... That's good. That's great, man. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty good. When obviously when you lead... Uh, so the NFL analyst, is his name is Lance Zerwine. He does a lot of yeah, the yeah. NFL combine stuff. His NFL comparison, A.J. Green. Wow. You uh,
0: know? That excites me now. Yeah. A lot of that comparison. What's interesting to me is one of the weaknesses would be lack strength at the top of his route. Mm-hmm. He's 6'4", 220. Lacking strength shouldn't be a thing, you wouldn't believe. But... Yeah. It's an interesting that both had right, both were
2: similar in that sense. And listen, and some of the and when we start breaking down Kinlaw and Derek Brown hopefully today too, because I went through those two guys, and it's some of these terms that they use. It's kind of funny to me, but yeah, I'm not really sure what lacks the strength out of the top of the route really means, Brent. I couldn't tell you that. I didn't play receiver, um, so maybe somebody else can fill me in, but. I think he's big enough to have strength. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. I,
0: uh, I, I got this in from uh, the Jags uh, a little bit ago, um, and I actually forgot to check, so sorry. We're deeply involved with uh, the wide receiver conversation. This is unusual. Uh a okay. news that just came in. All right. Darquez Denard will not be signing with the Jags. The two sides could not come to an agreement on the final contract terms. He remains an unrestricted free agent. So, of course, you know, all these were reports at the time, right? In agreed sure. to terms and those kind of things. Yeah. And I think Dark Oisdenhard was an agreed to terms guy. Yeah. Well, it falls through. They could not finalize the deal. Mm-hmm. Very rare. Uh, that, that something like that happens, I think. Um, or maybe it happens more often. We just don't hear about it. Yes. But with all the reports that go on now, especially during free agency, remember this was a Tuesday report. So it was like less than 24 hours in. Huh. But even the Jags, I think, uh, I have to go back and look, but I thought the Jags even acknowledged, like even Doug Marone, maybe with Jaguars.com or yeah. was talking about him and where he would play. Yeah. Uh, we had even heard, I think I read somewhere, it was like a three year, $13 million deal. They must not have been able to cross the T's and dot the I's. Yeah. Uh, but that's not happening now. Did he get a little skittish and say, "Wait a minute now," because of Rashawn Melvin signing? Jags got another depth play with Melvin, yeah. and many people believe the Jags will get a corner in the draft anyway. So well, now maybe they added a little too much competition for someone like Darquez Denard's liking. I don't know. I'm just well, I'm, I'm just yeah, guessing you're Just here.
2: speculating, and also you could speculate as well where coming in at Jacksonville, maybe he was told that he'd be playing a lot more slot because. Like I said in my breakdown, that I spent, you know, tens of minutes spending my time. I don't, by the way, Dave Call will be sure to give me a paycheck because uh, I want to be reimbursed for my time spent outside of work. But anyway, so we talk about Denard. I mean, I said that he was a, a really good slot corner. And when you we think about it, their strength right now in the secondary is the slot corner position. So I wonder if he kind of came in and was like, oh, I don't want to play him outside. Like, that's not really what I specialize in. And I want to play the slot corner. Maybe they got gotten, you know, a little disagreement with that as well. So it's, You would have thought they is, would know that beforehand, yeah, it, it, man. I mean, Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's and he's weird played the outside before. Yeah.
0: I mean, I get what you're saying, but you can get paid more on the outside. Well, everybody wants to play the outside. Not
2: everybody, but most people yeah, want to play the outside. But to, to be fair, though, I mean, I guess, man, but these days with the slot, I mean, dude, the slot corner, you can take a lot of pride in it. Because, like, you have guys like Jarvis Landry. You have guys like Tyreek Hill. Even D'Andre Hopkins goes down the slot a little bit. So, like... You know, it's still a position that you can take some pride in. And what I'm, I guess, a little bummed about is the fact that now you're missing out on that guy. Because what was his another strength that I said during that breakdown? Once again, Dave Caldwell, I want to be reimbursed for my breakdown of Denard. But um, he said that he was. I said he was good in the run game. You know, th- this was a physical type of corner that didn't shy away from contact. And I feel like number one, if you play in the game and you and you, you had that ability. That helps you out, obviously, in the game being a physical type of corner. But number two, that rubs off on other corners. And that rubs off on the defense. And now you're missing out on that guy. So it is kind of a little alarming to hear that he's not going to be a Jacksonville. Jagger That's
0: pretty wild. Uh, Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Austin Lane. Let's go to the phone. Saqib uh, calling in and checking in. Hey, Saqib, hope you're doing well, man. Uh, you and the family and, and everybody uh, staying safe and, and as well as you can in this time. Let's talk a little Jags. What's up? Hey, like I was saying earlier, man, I went to
1: Sam's Club today, and I told my mom and my daughter they got 15 minutes. Y'all better go and get what your supermarket get out.
3: <laughs> yeah, that man, I ain't the playing with y'all, me. man. It was a good show. Hey, listen,
1: hey, listen, guys. This this is kind of weird to me that the Jaguars did announce it that he signed, and now he hasn't signed. Do you think that they can just still work it out somehow and pay him a little more or? figure this out because this is kind of weird. I've never heard this as a, as a fan of NFL for a long time. Oh, well, that I, this kind of stuff happens. Yeah, you know so what I mean? It's kind I, of I, weird to me.
0: I hear you. I don't I don't know of too many instances. I'm not, I'm not saying it hasn't happened here in Jacksonville. I don't remember it, uh, but I also don't pay as close attention to the other teams. Maybe this has happened before. I think this is a little bit the climate we live in now where all these reports come out from the agents and the agents kind of give the word early on. It, it You know, you're right. There were comments about from Doug Marone about Denard, and and from the Jags. So that even makes this a little peculiar. My only guess here is they got a little unhappy. I mean, you could say they couldn't come with terms. Maybe it was dollars, but I also wonder if they got a little unhappy with the Melvin signing because if you if the way I handicap their their secondary, you obviously have DJ Hayden. I think Trey Herndon is is the starting corner on on opening day on one of those sides. I think he earned that last year, and I think they believe he will be. Well, then, what you could have are are three bodies, at the very least, for that other corner spot. It could have been Denard. It could have been Melvin, who who played some games for Detroit and is a veteran as well. Uh, And it could be a young guy who they could draft, whether it's a Cuda or somebody else. So I don't know, man. I think the situation perhaps changed is going to be my guess. Uh, I'll have to dig into it a little bit more to find out exactly what went on. But uh at least the kind of the word for now is more from a contractual standpoint, which means they couldn't come to grips on on uh the actual dollars of what they wanted. But I feel again, I'll well, say it again. I think even that was
2: reported at one time what the deal was. Well, exactly. So this is my point, Brent. What's more logical? The fact that the contract wasn't. Properly negotiated right, and all of a sudden there were some zeros that didn't get dotted, or is it the fact that there was a discrepancy in terms of the scheme that, you know, Denaro's going to be playing? I think it's more of the scheme. Well, listen, if, if it's the scheme. How do you mess up a contract? Well, like you see the number, and it's like, okay, I'll sign, and then you announce it. Well, How does that get messed up? First of all,
0: I don't think anything's changed in, in terms of I – would, I would doubt anything has changed in terms of communication of scheme and all that stuff in the last week. So if – No, was, I'm not – I'm talking uh, Denar. If Denar doesn't know what he's about to go play in, well, then he didn't yeah. do enough
2: homework. <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe they tell him one thing. Maybe they – I don't know. I, I just think that the guy played slot corner a lot in Cincinnati. That was his specialty. Doug Marone comes out and says that he's, he's going to be trying to compete for a starting spot on the outside – I'm just saying there's a possibility that I could rub him the wrong way.
0: Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. It could. I mean, uh, we'll have to we'll have to see if there's anything else that comes of it and who he signs with, and maybe he even answers it. Uh, it, it could be on a, a lot of levels. It could be, hey, once I saw them sign Melvin, I don't really want to be there anyway because now we've got too many guys back there fighting for playing time, and I really want a legit chance to start. Maybe it was something that he heard from the scheme set of, hey, I'm not going to play uh, in that slot. DJ Hayden's a man. I'm going to compete on the outside and maybe he didn't feel that was the initial case, or maybe it was simply kind of what they at least have described so far to us is they couldn't come to agreement on, on some of the contract terms. I, I don't know what that means, I, whether that's staying in a certain hotel in training camp or,
2: you well, know. Don't get it twisted. If if you're in training camp mode, Jacksonville's a spot to be because you actually stay in a hotel, all right? You're not staying in the dorms like you are in Chicago and yeah. Kansas City. So, no, for, from that standpoint, you're Okay. I don't know, Brent. Like, I, I honestly, uh, I mean, I don't know how big of a deal this really is. I mean, it's not well, good optics, but I, I don't think it's a big. I'm not.
0: Do you, I'm not sitting here and be like, oh my gosh, we're not going to have Darko Denard around. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a weird day two signing, like a Tuesday signing. I thought yeah. it would be more of like a Monday signing. Yeah, like this, this Monday, not last Monday. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not. I mean, I. I, I Dark West and Art wasn't going to make the Jags one win better or three wins better. Yeah. I, I, in my opinion. Yeah. But it is odd. I mean, th- to me, it's more the odd story, the odd nature of it, than it is who it is. Sure. You know, it's not like it's
2: Schobert or Eifert. Mm-hmm. Schobert or Eifert can
3: make oh, a huge
0: difference.
2: It's it's Schobert, hey, well, <laughs> people are taken to the streets and there going to be some riding, I think, you know? Yeah, I mean, well uh, have, did, did like you I have, Did
0: you ever have uh, any kind of
2: contractual... Problems, or are they pretty stand pat? No, I mean, everything was listen like once the contract comes over, you sign it and you're good to go. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what to make of it. Obviously, I said him coming here didn't make much sense to me either, just because he's a slot corner, that's a specialty, and it appears that Hayden has that spot wrapped up. I don't know why he would go out of his comfort zone and want to play an outside corner because if you look at slot corners, you know, they make pretty much the same amount of money as the outside corners now, especially the mid level guys. So, it didn't make sense to me from the get-go. He signed, supposedly, or he was going to come here. Cool. I, I like the fact that he was physical in the run game. I think he can bring some leadership to the secondary, and now he's gone. So I, I don't know what to make of it, man. Um, obviously, the optics probably aren't the best for the Jaguars in situation, but it is what it is,
0: man. Yeah. Uh, Listen, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know if we find out, but we're guessing yeah. just like you. It's a kind of a bizarre uh, – note this. It's It's bizarre. Like, that's that's and unusual. This like, does not happen a lot.
2: And you know what, Brent, to be fair, the last thing the Jaguars want right now in terms of, of people talking and and the headlines is the word bizarre, okay? Yeah. Let's just, let's just get through this free agency on a positive note. Let's go to the draft. Let's draft well on a positive note, and let's have some intrigue, and let's have some optimism for the 2020 season. Please. Hey, here's the deal. I
0: said free agency I thought would be over for the Jacks. Well, maybe it's not now. And guess who's still out there at the quarter position? Who you got? Xavier Rhodes. Oh, there we go. Hey, maybe you, it's a busting in disguise. You can get me way more excited in March by signing Xavier Rhodes than you can Dark West Denard. No, it's probably going to cost you a little more. All right. Yeah, I don't think it's going to cost you as, uh, as, as little as Denard was going no, to cost no, you. no, 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 Probably not. But
2: I still can't believe that guy's out there. The, 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 do you think there's something up, honestly? Like whether I, it's like a locker room thing, like a culture. I mean,
0: I, I tried to dig around on that a little bit and couldn't find anything. So it, now that doesn't mean there's not, uh, you know, I, I'm not talking, this wasn't like this deep dive, Yeah, yeah. but yeah. It, it, was, it was a little bit of a dive just to kind of be like, well, what's, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. And I don't get this one. I understand he's coming off a bad year. And if you look at people coming off bad years or, or not as good years, they're struggling right now. Clowney coming off a three-sack year. yeah, He's not signed. Yeah. Xavier Rose coming off a bad year, like a bad year, not signed. So there's some, I guess, consistency with some of that. And they're probably asking for more than teams are willing to give them at the moment. But I still think it's bizarre that G- this guy has lasted 11 days into free agency. I know it's not really – it's like a – Eight days into the official league year, but mm-hmm. eleven days after legal tampering started, yeah, and he still doesn't have a home. I think that's wild. It's probably a contracting then, right? You, I think assume- it's probably dollars, yeah, yeah, the value, much like Clowney, right? Yep. It's value versus what teams are willing to give you uh, at the moment. uh When uh, we come back, we kind of slide back into that first round, second round, third round of the draft for the Jags and where they go. We spent a lot of time on the wide receiver. It was a fun conversation. I think it's it's fascinating, the, the receiver. And the one thing we didn't mention, and we, we won't get on this today because we'll save it for another day, is the offensive line. That's a way to help the offense, too. yeah And there are possibilities there at 9 and 20. But how about defensive line? We come back. Action Sports Shack's on ESPN 690. Let's talk about it.
4: but well, My body was like... Hey man, what the hell is going on? It's it's March. It's March. You like you getting ready for the playoffs? Why are you shutting down right now? And I and I and I was right there turning the corner. Like I felt like I was running third base getting ready for the postseason. So, you know, it, it's it's the rest factor. I think is I think it's oh I think it's a little bit overly blown, especially when you're in full thing, uh full swing of things. Now it's different from the lockout year that we had. See, the lockout year we had the whole off season. Plus, we also was playing basketball.
0: That's Richard
1: Jefferson, you said? LeBron on Richard Jefferson's podcast. That was
0: LeBron? Yeah. That didn't sound like LeBron to me. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I mean, it was on a phone call, but...
2: That was LeBron on Richard Jefferson's podcast. I feel like if Richard Jefferson can get LeBron James, we can get LeBron James. (laughs) Nothing against Richard Jefferson. They were
1: teammates, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: I don't feel that way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it's Richard Jefferson. You know, he's like sixty years old, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Well,
0: Whatever. uh, he's got a little bit of an NBA resume.
2: Mm, yeah. <laughs> we
0: uh can't get LeBron James right now, but we can get John Bachman uh from down in TV land, Enough. and we'll take that. <laughs> we'll take that jump shot.
3: <laughs> Ouch. What's wow. up? I hope you're playing on hey the basketball yeah. yeah, I used to have a Nerf hoop set up in my house. Used to? You still don't? I mean, every house should still have a Nerf hoop. We've got one upstairs. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have one in my house now. I should get one. The girls don't play a lot. My my middle child plays a lot. In fact, we've got a regular hoop outside, and she plays every day, so that's good.
0: Oh, good stuff. There you go, and you can do that right now. <laughs> yeah, she's getting a lot of practice. <laughs> Absolutely. But jump shots are falling all over the country. <laughs>
3: yes, that's uh, right. You're about of those free to...
0: throws. Now, uh, you're about to hit the news here soon. Do we have a news conference coming up? I mean, are we uh, void of news
3: conferences for this five minutes or what? <laughs> for, for about five minutes, but no, we are expecting President Trump to give us a, an update uh, sometime at five. Now, he's been running about uh, usually about 15 minutes to a half hour late, so. He said five. I'm going to guess it's going to be closer to five thirty, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Yeah,
2: classic Brent Martino style. I like it. <laughs>
0: I'm not yeah, that's a, right. I don't even want to say anything. <laughs> I don't even want to
3: say anything right now.
0: Uh, the uh, <laughs> I'm afraid anytime you mention anything around uh, President Trump, you'll be put in a corner, uh, one way or another, and I don't want to be doing that. So. Uh, How's this all going, man? Uh, I know everybody's dealing with it, and, and we know all that kind of stuff uh, because we're all living that life. Uh, right. I, I will say this, and I think I said this yesterday on the show, but I'll say it to you and you can elaborate. I, I, I'm not This has no political context to it whatsoever. I feel like this is more about communication. And I think the communication on a lot of levels, whether it's here in Jacksonville uh, with Mayor Curry um, or it is from – uh Washington, which involves the president, but also involves doctors and and other people in the know, I think has been really good. Uh, Is that fair? I mean, uh, the, the fact that we're seeing a lot of conversation and updates, and I think that helps people at the moment. If they want it, they can get it. If they don't want it, they can turn it off.
3: We are getting a lot of updates. Whether it's been good or not is kind of probably uh, dependent on your situation and your perspective. Okay. Um, I, I will Political say we are getting a lot what? of updates. And that, <laughs> what's that? Political one or what? <laughs> no, not necessarily politically. I just mean if you're, I mean if you are directly impacted and you're struggling, then it's you know then the yeah. communication is kind of a moot point. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I, but I do think that there has been a, a lot of communication. But now politically, there are a lot of different takes on how different places should be reacting to this, right? You know, there have been some some politicians have called for the governor to shut down Florida, much like more than a dozen other states have done. Mm -hmm. Uh, The governor has been uh, uh, reluctant to do that because he doesn't want to take a broad approach when we only have uh, uh, certain segments that are really getting hit hard at this point in time. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is that we still have a lot yet unknown, Brent. I mean, it does look, especially, you know, locally, it doesn't look awful yet and we hope that it won't, but we still are only testing, you know, a small percentage of people. The test numbers are, are going up every day Um You know, I've been keeping an eye on how many people have – we don't know how many people are seriously ill in those numbers. All we can know is the the deaths. That's the only way – it's either deaths or or positive cases. There's no in-between. But I can tell you what the the leaders are looking for are the serious cases, the cases that put you in the hospital. Because the big concern here is whether the hospitals can handle um, what could be an overwhelming situation. So far, it's not. Right now, um, the mayor at uh, two o'clock said that we're at 65 percent capacity for the local hospitals, which is pretty good. Is that what's Um, normal? Do you know? I don't know, but I did talk. uh, This is what I do know. The, um, The head of U.S. Health and I talked yesterday via video conference call, and he said they're actually at or slightly below normal right now for for most hospital visits because. If you're on the fence for something, most people don't want to go to a hospital right now for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. So that was yesterday. I don't know if that's still the case, Um, but I would say it's just by that conversation, I'd say we're close to normal at this point in time. That's 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 an uneducated guess based on a couple of conversations.
2: John, you're starting to see that you know some major cities, where their hospitals are starting to be at max capacity. I guess my question would be, as as more Jacksonville residents get tested and everything, and let's assume those numbers go up a little bit, is there like a backup plan in place in case the hospitals in Jacksonville do get to capacity?
3: Yes. Um, So first of all, again, we're not at capacity right now, and more positive test cases does not necessarily mean more hospital visits, right? Because again. You can test positive and not be needing hospital care. In fact, a lot of people will test positive who don't need hospital care. But to answer your question, um, the hospitals themselves have backup plans, right? They have capacity and then they have kind of uh, extenuating circumstances capacity, right? They can they have overfill areas where they can, you know, care for people in, in, in the crunch time. And then the city itself is building up a field hospital. Um, They said yesterday or the day before that it would take them about four days to build it up. It's in the Prime Osborne Convention Center. And they're going to be able to have, I think, a capacity of 200 or 250 beds. I think it's 250. And um, so they're building that up just in case. As I mentioned, it takes a few days to get it ready, and they don't want to be caught not ready. So they're doing it now to be ready. Um, But right now it's, it's not needed.
0: Uh, last one for you John uh, John Bachman CBS 47 Fox 30 check about uh, in uh, 15 minutes or so the the Action News Jax team has been doing a fantastic job uh covering uh well one of the uh, wildest times in in our lifetime and and anybody's lifetime quite frankly you can always watch on CBS 47 Fox 30 and on all the uh, platforms of Action News Jax uh, the, the, all the numbers, I, I had this question today, and, and this kind of, I don't know if it's inside the business or not, because I think so many people are watching local news right now, watching our stations, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and listening to this kind of information. And so, I, are, are we getting to a point, this is more personal question, are we getting to a point where the numbers are kind of like all running together? Or, or are people locked in on the numbers like it's a political, uh, race, you know, like uh, like we're keeping score.
3: I, 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 do you get a feel? Are you for talking that? about people on Twitter? Or are you talking about people in general public? I, I'm talking people in general. <laughs> I, I'm talking people
0: in yeah. general. Like like we yeah. show them like uh, how many tests have been done, how many positive, the yeah. recovery stuff. Like we're seeing all those numbers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like are people locked in on those numbers? Do you get the feel? Um, or or will it take like a drastic tick up to get everybody's attention on those numbers again? You know what I mean?
3: That is a that is a great question. I don't know that I can give you an honest answer because all I have to go on is is, is Twitter reactions, which, as you all know, are, you know, not maybe not the total <laughs> representative of are you the saying, uh, whole it population. It's a jungle out there, John. It's a jungle, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 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 people who are watching this closely and who are engaged in social media on this are definitely watching the numbers and have their own opinions on that. Okay, um, whether you know your neighbor. And the guys and girls, you know, playing ball outside in the driveway, waiting for you know all this stuff to pass, are paying attention. I don't know, um, but I will tell you that again, the, the folks who are kind of trying to lead this this charge against the coronavirus, their biggest thing isn't so many, isn't so much the positive or the negative cases, and that's the other thing, by the way. I posted this today. I'm, I'm watching both the positive and negative cases, mm-hmm. positive cases right now, 2,355, according to the Florida department of health, negative cases, 23,741. Right. That's important to me because in my opinion, that, um, that shows that there are people out there who have symptoms worthy of going to get tested, but then are testing negative for coronavirus. Yeah. Um, but again, you could make the point that none of them really matter. The only ones that really matter are the ER visits and the people needing ventilators because of this disease, because number one, those are the worst cases and the people who are in extreme danger. But then it's also the folks who are um, overwhelming or potentially overwhelming the, the healthcare system, which then impacts all of us because now other people are going to suffer who don't have the coronavirus because they can't, get care that they need because the hospitals are overwhelmed by these folks uh, and that's what everybody has been fighting from day one yeah and that's what i think most people need to understand is that it, it, it's not necessarily that you will get a bad case of coronavirus but if enough people do it could impact you if you have something else that needs care and you can't get it
0: yeah very well said uh, thanks for the update on that uh we'll let you go do you miss sports and more importantly do you miss me i mean i haven't seen you in a while <laughs> i I miss Austin and I miss sports.
2: Oh, and I miss YouTube, Brent. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you, John. That Thank means you. a lot to me. Uh, no, 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 so I, hey, I came before sports, by the way. You did. I, I'm 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 a person on draft pick in John's eyes, and I like
3: that. True. Hey, amen, fan. brother. Uh, yeah. No, but I really do, and I and I think um, you know I think all the sports have done what they needed to do. But I will be ready when they come back. And what do you guys think? Is it going to be um, like just a, a mass? watch of the first sporting event whatever that is i mean our numbers is going to be through the roof
0: yeah it'll be like uh the I, and i wasn't around for this but it'll be like the day we went from black and white television to
3: color yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know? yep. uh, yeah. don't lie say so you, uh, you were around for that brent you know exactly what happened I don't you think were so. right there you were <laughs> you were in high
0: school not happening. i think it'll be something like that all right john uh take it easy keep keeping everybody informed we appreciate you man
3: hey, you guys have been doing a great job. I've been checking in every now and again, and I love that we've had other things to talk about to keep us diverted a little bit. So keep it up, and uh, we will we'll try to check in with you again tomorrow or as soon
0: as I can. All right, man. Sounds Thanks. good, man. Check out uh, John Bachman, Tanika Hughes, Mike Burrish as well. We'll have the weather, and uh, we'll have the sports covered on Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30 tonight at 5 o'clock. So it's coming up in about 10 minutes. The latest uh, and probably a news conference uh, from President Trump uh, during that stretch as well. And then later tonight, uh, 10 o'clock until 1130, as we continue to keep you posted on um, – I, I don't like when people say it's an event, but it's an historic mm-hmm time, you know, uh, event, it sounds like it puts it. In too good of a light. Uh, It's an historic time.
2: It's funny that John mentioned that people are like for going going to the hospital now, unless you know you have something serious, obviously. Because that actually happened to me on Tuesday, where uh, I was doing the dishes. I go to the dishwasher, and for whatever reason, I have the habit of trying to make as less trips as possible from the dishwasher to like the the cupboards and everything. So I had a handful of knives and dishes and stuff and (laughs) dropped, uh, dropped the giant like serrated knife right on. My toe, and like immediately when I felt that I'm like oh, it's gonna be a bad one. You know, like how like the pain kind of delays a little yeah, bit yeah, too? yeah, yeah, So like I look down, I'm like, okay, it's not bleeding, it's not bleeding, and all of a sudden blood everywhere. So like Cody comes running, she's like, we have to go to the hospital, like we have to get stitches on it. And I'm like, I don't want to, I, I, I still want to go to the hospital. I mean. And like, I don't want to sound selfish, but like, I just don't want to take up a spot to someone that needs. It. Like, yeah, I'm bleeding. We'll we'll superglue. It'll be all right. Well, we didn't have superglue at her house, unfortunately. And this is right around probably 1:30. Nap times at two o'clock. So <laughs> my wife's like, "Well, you need to go get some super glue. I'm like, "I'll get it later. Go take a nap." So I go wrap up my foot. Go take a nap. Forget to get the super glue on the way to the show. Sit here and you didn't even know this was going on, by the way. I didn't sit here on Tuesday. Blood seeping through my sock. Go home get the super glue. Now we're all good now. But um, yeah, man, I just it was never even a thought to go to the hospital. You know, like it's just it, it's not the hierarchy of things to do right now. That was very selfless of you. I you're like welcome, that. Man. Very good. Yeah, very good. I hey, think people appreciate welcome. that. I don't
0: think I think the doctors in town appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that in your smelly feet they didn't have to deal
2: with. Well, and truth be told, after getting stitches in my eye, dude, and getting. Like, the shot, I don't want to get that again, so I'd rather super glue everything that I cut now. Did you get That's the stitches on the eye out yet? Oh, yeah, they're out. Yeah. yeah. So, did, so the yeah, by glue- the way, don't take them out with a fingernail clipper. Spoiler alert. You took them out yourself. Um, my wife did with a fingernail clipper because we didn't have a little scissors thing. Not good. Uh, it, it was cut Yeah, just, I mean, What's Mess. going on in the Lane household? Dude,
0: I mean, we're, we like, we're pretty hardcore, man. Get say, ready for the apocalypse. I mean, how do you guys take Let's, Let's go. <laughs> I mean,
3: jeez. Let's, Let's go.
0: It's super gluing your, your toe. My toe right here, yeah.
2: yeah. How does the super glue work? Like I've heard that before and people mm-hmm. do it, but is it pretty good? Yeah. I mean, I have zero complaints right now. It opened up a little bit because I was training last night, so it opened up a little bit, but nothing too major. We're doing good.
0: Uh, is somebody going to call in and be like, yeah, that is like the, the most unhealthy thing you can do?
2: I have a feeling we're going to get a call. <laughs> no, hey, actually, okay, I went on Google, <laughs> typed in, can you super superglue um, a cut, and you'd be surprised at how many people said that you could. Yeah. So there you go. So you did
1: it. Was this the same people on Twitter that we were talking about earlier saying we could do that?
2: Yeah, it was actually a- – Austin uh, Lane <laughs> One that's told me to do way. it. By yeah. the way, Austin Lane One responded yesterday. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. Well, what did he say though? I, I didn't see what he. Oh, he got it's you. probably, go it's probably some BS. It. No, no. I mean, like, listen. I don't understand. Talking on like the this side guy. of his neck. I mean, you've never met the guy. He's he's an imposter, Brent. I, I feel like we should have him on the show. He's an imposter. Have you ever seen the movie Parasite yet? No. What's well, what uh, That's what I'm thinking. I watched The Bankers last night. What is that? The uh, bankers.
0: The bankers. It was on uh, Apple TV Plus. So it's just like a bunch of banking stuff. Oh no, it's a, it's a. I think it's a based, on a true st- it is based on a true story. It is based on true story. Okay. About uh, the banking industry back in like the fifties and sixties, and two African American bankers who okay. obviously weren't allowed to get into that side of the business, uh, but kind of became okay. big players in the business. It was really well done. Okay. So I mean I'm not so I mean I get the. I mean I liked it. Okay. Cool.
2: I, I like those. Uh, well, I mean, it, was, it was a little bit of
0: a piece of history at the same time. So sure. you're almost
2: like learning stuff. Here's at the, same the real time. question: then. Have you seen the movie the, the Big Short? Steve Carell. No. Put it on your list then. I, you know what? I've heard that. Oh, it's so good. Christian Bale, really, Brent, so good. Really good. Brent, watch it. Please. All right. Please. I'll do it. Cool, have you seen it? The what? The, the Big Short. The big short? No. Where the housing market goes, oh, man, so good. No, great. I haven't seen
1: it. So good. So
2: is it based off 08? Yes, correct. Okay. Yep. Um, I mean, if if you're a fan of like those banking shows, you're going to like this one. Well, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I love the banking shows all the time. <laughs> Wall Street, Wall Street what, 2 I, with Michael Douglas. I cannot
0: find this guy. Austin Lane 1, I can't find it. It's because he's conning all of you, and you guys are falling for it. Hook, line, and sinker. I don't understand why you don't like this guy so much. I
2: bet he's the nicest guy in the world. He's got because, some things in common with you. Because I've seen the movie Parasite and all those kind of people operate. And guess said, what? It okay. doesn't
0: end well. So Tim, right? Tim was the one that reached out to him. I found it. And so he said Austin Lane one on Twitter instead yeah. of your your handle.
2: Huge mistake, by the way, Tim, but I'll let it slide.
0: Well, in the backstory, if you didn't listen to it uh, yesterday, is, uh, shame on you. But he said <laughs> he's a wrestler, actor, Ghostbuster, Fear Factor champion, and radio personality. So, like, Tim what, finding this guy. A I, ghostbuster though i don't know come on he I mean, has a little hop over that but yeah. i'm sure yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Come on. Uh, come on but so he he writes back to tim's question about or or comment about quarterbacks and super bowls and he said the key is getting elite play while under a team friendly cap number or during a rookie deal
2: what you usually say hey <laughs> well no no it's no his brother. no time out this is Austin out. Lane's brother time out that's not what I usually say okay I'm way more in depth the guy just went on google <laughs> typed something in and that's what was spewed out how dare you compare my comments to that guy's comments shame on you Brent Xavier Rhodes signed by the Colts yeah, and, and that, that happened like go. before we we're, got Bachman on, we're like, like
0: speaking into existence. That literally happened like a minute after. That's your fault.
2: We talked about it. That's your fault. When Gardner mentioned throws two pick sixes to Xavier Rhodes next year, I'm staring at you. I'm afraid of that a little bit now. Like I don't, I
0: I think it that's a make, good sign. Doesn't make
2: you feel good. No, like yeah. they are
0: actually. You know what? Here's the deal. I'll give them credit. Like you know, I don't like giving credit to the Titans at all. Yeah. Don't normally do it, won't do it. The Colts, right now, they go get Phillip Rivers. And again, I think it's a bit of a danger zone. I think it's one of those deals where you're going to be like, well, but it's a right move. Like, I'd be excited if I was the Colts. I really was. Like, if it was down here and you felt like you were close and go get Phillip Rivers, I get it. Yeah. I, I feel pretty good about it. But then they go get DeForest Buckner. And then they back him up with some more San Francisco beef in the middle of Sheldon Day, who's not a bad player. He played here in Jacksonville, was a fourth-round pick. Not a bad player. So good depth play. And now you go get Xavier Rhodes, too. Mm -hmm. They're beefing up that defense. Now, a little risk-reward with Xavier Rhodes, risk-reward with Phillip Rivers. But I kind of like the risks they're taking. I mean, this is a one-year deal for Rhodes, so it's whatever. And they've got a ton of money. I don't know what the the, the dollars are in it. But I like what the Colts are doing. I, I mean, the Colts, to me are the team to beat in For the sure. AFC South. Uh, the That's with Tennessee going to the AFC Championship game and keeping their guys. Yeah. I still think the Colts are the team to beat.
2: I mean, listen, you, you bolster your defense. That's going to be fantastic. Um, so Austin Lane's got 14,600 followers on YouTube right now. Not bad. He's, he's beating me. I think he's beating you, too. That's pretty good on YouTube. So he's <sighs> a YouTube guy. I guess so. I mean, so. you
0: really didn't care about my Indianapolis Colts comments no, it, at all. You were it's all fantastic,
2: this. but I mean... Uh, I just feel like there's a competition right now, man. Like, who's done more with the name? And and it's it's getting to me because you guys are kind of taking his side sometimes, and I don't appreciate that. I'm sensitive.
0: I just want to get him on the show. <sighs> Careful, Brent. That's all I'm going to say. Careful. Austin and Austin. Careful. How about, like, if I don't do a show one day, you guys can host it together.
2: No, 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 no! Absolutely not! Because hey, you're be confusing it? on Twitter. You can call
0: it like
1: the the AA podcast or something like that, and make a battery. Well, you reference?
2: and listen, if he wants to come take some of my shine away from my show, heaven forbid I come to his neck of the woods, ghost busting and wrestling and YouTubing, and I'll take some of his shine away, Brett. You ever see you ever see that documentary uh, Face Off with John Travolta and Nick Cage?
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah. not a documentary. It's that's docu- a
2: movie. It's a documentary. Face. Off. Yeah, I can do that with Austin Lane right now if I want to. Austin Lane, more well, <laughs> I'm coming good. for you. Face-off yeah. was
0: awesome. Oh, how good was that? That, <laughs> that was so was
2: ridiculous. <laughs> the documentary. Fact that, do
0: I get any kind of credit here? That's, that's fantastic. The fact that I've seen Face-off. Yeah, face like, like that's a great line from the movie, Face-off.
2: Face oh.
0: <laughs> No, nah, I haven't seen it. Yet.
2: Oh, man. Oh,
0: so good. You know Travolta lives over in Ocala.
4: No
2: way.
0: Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. I think how he do you... still does. Why? I don't know, but he does. That's awesome. All right, we're gonna talk football. Maybe. (laughs) Jack's defensive line. Plus ten questions in five minutes. We even have that coming up. Not Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety.
4: Having a game without fans is just. What what, what is our what is what is sport? What is the worst sport without fans? There's no there's no there's no excitement. There's no there's no crying. There's no joy. That's what also brings up the competitive side of the player, to know that you're going on the road in a hostile environment. And, yes, you're playing against that opponent in front of you, but you really want to kick the fans' too.
2: You want to what?
1: Kick the fans' butt? Is that what he was going for? Yeah.
0: Okay. He was trying to say like, on the road? Well, because he's
1: supposed to – I think today or tomorrow, he was supposed to go back to Cleveland. Like, that was going to be – so he was talking about that, like – you know, you want to be there, yeah, yeah. you want to beat the fans, it's a hostile yeah, environment. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, that's what I thought. I was just making sure I got the same context. We just said, it still doesn't sound like LeBron James. No. It's on a phone, though. Like, it's literally like a FaceTime call. Yeah, I get it. But, I mean, LeBron, you get a better connection, man? I mean, what, what i mean saying, doing, like, man. You a, a microphone. I wouldn't put Can that on LeBron. LeBron.
1: I'd put that on the host, Richard Jefferson. Once again,
2: my Richard Jefferson has LeBron James on his show, and we can't get LeBron James in our show. <clears> not going to happen. I have no idea. Can
0: I do the entire segment? With a lifesaver in my mouth, is that what we're going with right now? Well, I put one in, and then we're coming <laughs> back. So we'll see if I can make it.
2: Well, I mean, you're not going to bite it like a madman, are you? Nah, probably not. Right now, nah, you can't can do that. Habitual. You can't do that. Don't bite lifesavers or ice cream, man. If I see you bite ice cream, I will. Oh, oh bite ice cream. Nicole People does People bite that- ice cream. Do they really? Yeah, psychopath. No offense to your fiance, she's a, she's a lovely woman, but also psychopath.
1: Like, Biting who, ice whose cream teeth are that. that not sensitive? that no, you can-
2: Yeah, Kuz has <laughs> my back here, dude. Like, you can't bite ice cream. Like, I'll, I'll have, like, a heart attack, I feel like.
1: Like, even, like, uh, uh, snow
2: cones. Oh, She'll just, no, like, munch on, on them. Come on, what are we talking about here? You have I, to lick it.
1: Yeah. Come on. You gum it to death or you lick it. You gum it to death? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody just won a plus 2,500. <laughs> on the actions Action Sports Shacks hey. live betting. <laughs> gum it to
2: death. Who had that? <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good night. <laughs> We're out. Oh man,
0: let's talk some football. Let's
2: talk some football. Oh,
0: oh, before we got into football, you see Indy five hundred uh, postponed. Yeah. They've already got a date August twenty third, and also uh, what how about Drew Brees man five million dollars <sighs> right uh, to the to the state of Louisiana. I think he said. I don't think it was just the city of New Orleans. I think it was the state of Louisiana. Well, first uh, of all, uh, you know what I said to Steph? I was like, gosh, it's amazing how much money these guys make that they can just make it, to write a check for five. It's extremely generous, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but that's a player donating a five million dollar check. For all the causes that are trying to help out right now, uh, and on a lesser level, listen, I think anything counts. You don't have to donate five million dollars to to make the headlines for me. You got to give Trey Herndon some props, man. Trey Herndon, yep. right? Ten thousand meals, uh, and by the way, that's a guy that's not making a lot of money. No, but donating some uh, meals. I think it was ten thousand to feeding
2: Northeast Florida. I love it, man. Props to Trey Herndon. I, you know, it's I, awesome. I need to.
0: I feel like, uh, and, and you probably can never have enough. Is the answer to this? I want to ask our our news folks, but like I feel like feeding Northeast Florida has been on the rec- receiving end of some very nice deeds mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. From the Players' Championship to Shad Khan, I think $75,000 of, of his $1 million mm-hmm. was put toward that cause. Moments like this, you know, and again, I'm not saying you can ever have enough. Don't don't stop helping out feeding Northeast Florida. But my, my uh, curiosity is, are some of these organizations that help feed the hungry – doing pretty well mm-hmm. in in their battle in this time uh because some of the the good deeds of others yeah uh, i i don't know or the other the other way to look at it is some of their they have more people to help than ever before because yeah. of this kind of situation we're in so i just don't know i i just i i think it's awesome that so many um dollars and, and meals and helping hands are going uh toward that cause and and uh, helping feed the hungry here in jacksonville
2: yeah i mean i think as far as food banks you know and, and shelters i mean that's what i did my charity work for um when i would go to the super bowl it would be for the jacksonville food bank or some a profit of the, the the dinner that we did went to the jacksonville food bank and yeah i mean i think it's kind of both ways where they are making a lot more um you know money to to, to get help people with food and everything but at the same time there's people, you know, out with jobs now and everything like that and I'm making their income. So I'm sure the need for food, um, is more prevalent than ever. And we, it's something that we kind of take for granted just because. You know, we don't really think about how many hungry people there are out there, man, yeah. and, and including kids as well. And um, there's there's a lot more than you can imagine. Outside. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, by the way, that's probably only going to get amped up even more in the next couple yeah. weeks and couple so, of months. So, once
2: again, props to Trey Herndon, man. Can't say that enough.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Kevin Harrison, <laughs> uh, by the way, jumped in on the conversation about Denard and said he wanted to play outside, but he's not very fast. Maybe that has something to do with it. Team wouldn't guarantee that he would get what he wanted. Just to circle back, if you just join us, uh, Dark West Denard who we thought was coming to Jacksonville, something broke down in the negotiations and it's not happening. Derquois DeNard will not sign a, a three-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a very unusual situation. We we're trying to figure out why, and Kevin jumped in with that. I don't know if he's getting that from somewhere or if he made that up or mm-hmm. if he, that's just his reasoning. What was the exact but he basically said, said? He, he's not that fast, but he, and he wants to play on the outside. uh Jags wouldn't guarantee that he could play on the outside. I I I don't know if that's again his opinion on it or not. We heard from Doug Morrow that he was going to have the he chance to compete on it. the outside. Yeah. So uh who knows? That's know. just uh know. one of the comments. Uh Tim, by the way, says about the Colts got old, slow, and unathletic. Rhodes was awful last year, allowed fifty nine catches on seventy targets. Uh yeah. I get it. He was bad. Rivers still, was an interception machine. Going, but, yep. Charges weapons or Colts, bad numbers. Who's the real DeForest Buckner? So, he's not as concerned as the Colts, about the Colts as I am. I I think the Colts have done a very nice job.
2: I think the Colts have done a nice job, too. I mean, yes, once again, I said it before, there's always risks in free agency and everything like that, but I think DeForest Buckner, um, I think the guy's the real deal and Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, he had a horrible season last year, somehow still a pro bowler, though, and I think that you're more confident with Xavier Rhodes than you are without Xavier Rhodes.
0: All right, early in the show, we we took a look at the wide receiver position. We (laughs) didn't even really expect to, but we landed on it and stuck to it, and it was a fun conversation about who the Jacks could get, who would look at the, the part. Will they go after a first-round wide receiver? My opinion is no, they won't. Uh, I think they will go toward big guys. Uh, I won't rule out corner, even though I, I'm i not a big fan of them going after corner in round one. I'm not sure they'll do that either. Yeah. If so, I think it will be more at 20 than it will be at 9. Akuda won't be available by then, uh, in my opinion. So that kind of has something to do with the way I think about it. I'm not thinking they're going to – I think somebody's going to go jump at C.J. Henderson. I don't think the Jags will be that team to jump at C.J. Henderson uh, from the University of Florida. So it really comes down to do they want to go get a receiver? Do they want to go get an offensive lineman? mm -hmm. Do they want – does like an akuda fall to them? Or, quite frankly, it puts them right in the middle of the conversation for big fellas like Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw. Derek Brown's another Mm -hmm. one. Will he be available? Not so sure. Uh, But I think uh, Mel Kuyper Jr.'s later – Mock draft had Kinlaw all the way up to number nine, and the Jags taken up there. Correct. Take us through the defensive line. And by the way, and, and a part of this, and we'll get to it in a minute, is nobody's talking about anybody else. It's like Kinlaw Brown, Kinlaw Brown, Kinlaw Brown. Well, there's got to be some other people, right, on um, the defensive front that could be appetizing.
2: There are, but I think especially with the ninth pick, I mean, to me, it was just Derek Brown, right? But now, wherever, you know, Mel Kuiper's, uh, hearing his sources from or something like that, now all of a sudden Kinlaw, he has mocked going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll see how, how that plays out, you know, when he releases his fourth mock draft. I always, you know, obviously those things always change. It's, it's, it's insane just how much you start at something and then you just keep on going back and over again and it changes again. But when you talk about Derek Brown out of Auburn and you talk about Javon Kinlaw, um, out of South Carolina listen in terms it's funny because in terms of size and stature you know Derek Brown 6'5 326 and Kinlaw is kind of around that same um echelon if you look at their their numbers in terms of height and weight pretty much the same now these guys are built completely different though Derek Brown, obviously, he spent a majority of his time playing nose tackle, and he's made, um you know, his highlight plays, the, the plays that they're going to show, you know, when he gets drafted, wherever it is in the first round, those plays have all come from the nose technique. On the other side, Javon Kinlaw has made most of his plays, and he's played all of the plays, but he's made most of his plays at the three technique, so... Right off the get-go, and this is where I guess where Mel Kuiper's kind of coming from a little bit. If you look at the Jaguars' needs right now, you know, I mean, obviously you have Avery Jones. You brought in uh, Al Brooks from Seattle. Al Woods. I'm sorry, Al Woods. Tigers, brother. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Al Woods from Seattle. So you have two nose tackles right there. Derek Brown can definitely play a three technique, no doubt about it. But keep in mind, all his plays have essentially come from the nose in college. On the other side, you have Javon Kinlaw, who I see more of that athletic type of freak kind of guy, right? Like they all rant and rave about his first step. So you have Derek Brown, who's more of the polished guy right now, who you can draft and kind of start day one, and then you have Javon Kinlaw, to me, who's more of the boomer bust type of player. I, I, I'm reminded of, uh, of a conversation that he had, I believe, at the Senior Bowl. And this is the only time I've ever cringed in my life at Javon Kinlaw because the, the guy's story, number one, is amazing. We'll cover that in a second. But they asked Javon Kinlaw, tell us about your pass rush moves. Tell us how you get to the quarterback. And Javon Kinlaw stands for the entire media, and I could just imagine defensive coordinators and defensive line coaches just shaking their heads when he said this. He said, well, I really only have one move. It's like the bull rush. No, 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 no. Right I, answer. Oh, you can't say that, Javon. Oh, well, who are the coaches at South Carolina? Can you prep the guy a little better? Even if even that's a true statement, lie to me. Lie to me and say, <laughs> me and say you got a long arm uh, on disposal. Lie to me and say you have an inside, just something. But no, Javon Kinlaw, and if you watch the film, you'll see it. Most of his success in rushing the quarterback has come by either running games and stunts or it's come by using his bull rush. Now, I'm going to make the argument, obviously, when you get to the next level, you can't use that alone, okay, because that's not what I did in college. I, I was bigger, I was faster, and I was stronger than a lot of the offensive tackles that I went against. Now, Javon Kinlaw did all this against an Alabama d- uh, offensive line who was very highly touted, and he, he made him look foolish. That was a, really one of the only games I got to see of Javon Kinlaw in whole. I watched the South Carolina-Alabama game, and he dominated. Looked legit. And I think if you can do that against Alabama, well then, obviously, your draft stock goes up a little bit. So, the question that you have to ask, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, if you're Todd Wash. If you're the defensive line coaches, do I have the personnel? Do I have the coaching abilities to take Javon Kinlaw, who's very raw right now, who's this athletic freak, and can I turn him into a dominant three technique? Now, if the answer is yes, then I think you take him even over Derek Brown. If the answer is, uh, I don't know then you just let him go. I'm reminded of last year, Josh Allen gets drafted. Now, Josh Allen obviously had the pedigree of a premier pass rusher out of college. He had the numbers to back it up, but I think, you know, the coaches did their due diligence and, and they did their part and helped out Josh Allen. Right. And, improved him a little bit as far as how he handles rushing the quarterback. Now, yes, Josh Allen has strides to improve on, obviously. He has to get better with his technique, his hands, and all that. But I think for a first-year campaign, Josh Allen played fantastic. One could argue that if you take Javon Kinlaw, maybe you can teach him another move. Maybe you can just get him off the bull rush a little bit and use his speed and his athleticism to his advantage. One could say that other side Derek brown once again you know this is a guy who's a little less athletic than javon kinlaw this is a a guy who is a little better with his hands right now um the pad level is about the same but i just think is a lot more of a polished player but now keep in mind what Derek brown was asked to do at auburn was essentially play the nose technique so in terms of pass rushing it's kind of not really that much there, right? Like Derek Brown's the guy that's going to push it like a a double team. He's going to push some guys back and everything like that. So then once again, you have to ask the question. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, do you want to bring in a possible three technique who could grow into a a beastly of a pass rusher? Or do you want to bring in a nose technique and possibly transition him to three technique who's already polished but is more accustomed to taking on double teams who's going to be stout in the run game but could be a giant question mark in the the pass game? Those
0: are the questions you have to ask. Let me uh, just go with something we know. Yep. Kind of layman's terms it and uh, this might be a question you don't really know uh, the answer to, but Marcel Darius turned into a guy that could do both, Mm -hmm. right, and play at a high level at both. I I think in the Jags' heyday, of when he came on board in the 17, because they had Malik Jackson, he was asked to be the run-stopper, take on double teams, all those things. So even Mm -hmm. though he had been a 10-sack guy, that wasn't what they were looking for out of him. Mm He became a a run-stopper and a hole-plugger, if you will, Mm -hmm. and did it very well. Do you have any idea of coming out of Alabama, he could do both of those things at the time, uh, or did they transition him to be able to play do you mean and, and be versatile? Auburn,
2: no. Marcel Darius came out of Alabama. About, yeah. Okay. So with Marcel Darius, yeah, he, he was that prototypical kind of like Derek Brown is, right? But what I think set Marcel Darius apart from even Derek Brown right now. It's something that I'm always adamant about when it comes to Marcel Darius. And that's the first step. Right now, to be fair, Derek Brown has a pretty good first step. I think Kinlaw hasn't beat the explosiveness and Get Off. Okay, I'll just be honest with you. But when you watch the film of Marcel Darius, like, yeah, the guy is fantastic playing the run. You saw what happened last year when the Jaguars lost him and what happened in the run defending game. It was horrible. Okay. But if you can see a guy's first step, you can kind of tell, like, listen, if you have a fast get-off, if you have a fast first step and maybe you used to playing the run, they can turn you into a pass rusher, Brent, right? Because you can teach a guy hand placement. You can teach a guy pass rush moves. You can teach a guy how to, you know, fake and shimmy and stuff like that. But it's hard to teach a guy how to have a great first step. No, you, you can change stances up and you can, you know, get in the weight room, get faster, stronger, all that stuff. But it's very rare where you can really increase someone's get off in their first step. I think Marcel Darius had the first step since day one. So that really transitioned well when he got to the NFL of utilizing that first step, obviously in the pass rush game as well.
0: Okay. It's interesting because again, I get a little worried when you're going to, when you talk about transitioning guys into another position and yeah. things like that. So if that's a little bit more an adaptable way to do it, a pretty easy transition, not mm-hmm. that uncommon, then I'm, I'm okay with it. But if you start taking a guy in the top ten and saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to need to do something that you haven't really done a lot, I get a little nervous about that. So well, your and, point is a good one. Yeah. Where do you see him? How do you want to use him? Especially early on in his career, allow him to be good at what he's good at and what got him drafted in the top ten. Yeah, I'd be very cognizant of that if I was a Jags and how the fit is for uh, either one of these guys, Kinlaw well, or Brent. Well,
2: exactly, and I don't want to come across like, yeah, you have to draft Javon Kinlaw, you have to draft Javon Kinlaw, because, you know, I'm kind of saying a lot of cons right now for Derrick Brown, primarily playing the, the nose technique, can he play a three technique? But let me ask you this question, Brent. In terms of Javon Kinlaw, what are some of the attributes that I just described? He's very explosive, he's raw, um, he's athletic, he only really has a bull rush in his pass rush moves. Dante Fowler? No, I was going to say somebody else. Taven Bryan. Okay, I I think Taven Bryan a couple years ago was that luxury pick. He was a guy that was raw. He was a guy that showed the get off. He showed the explosiveness and he showed the power and everything. But it was definitely a guy that you had to bring in and kind of teach the game to a little bit. Now, I think Jaguars fans would agree when I say maybe those teachings and everything haven't translated yet to a lot of on the field success for Taven Bryan. Now, the coaches love him and we'll see how he does this year. But one could say, well, if you bring in Javon Kinlaw, once again, a guy who is known for his explosiveness, is a little raw right now, has to work on his hands, has to work on his pass rush skill set. Well, then, is that another, another Tavon Bryant? One, will see. And uh, one more thing, too, as far as, like, you know, the off-the-field things, I think these guys are both pretty good. I don't think they've really ever been in trouble. And Javon Kinlaw, we talked about the senior bowl. I mean, this was a guy who had to boil water just to take a shower every day or just to take a bath. You know, he comes from extremely humble begin- beginnings. Um, you know, when he went to Juco, the first two days at Juco, he didn't eat a meal because he didn't know that there were free meals, you know, at lunch at the cafeteria. So he starved himself until a coach said, hey, you know, you can eat. It's free. So that's just the type of guy that Javon Kinla is. So once again, I think that's a huge difference, Brent, in terms of mindset. We talk about Josh Allen. You know, he's, he's mature beyond his years. The, the, this guy, the way he approaches the game, it's like a 10-year vet. And maybe that's because he has a family. I don't know what it is, but whoever raised him raised Josh Allen, right? And I think Javon Kinlaw, you can say the same thing in the standpoint of, you think he's really worried about, you know, training camp. You think Javon Kinlaw is worried about getting double teamed and what to do. You think Javon Kinlaw is worried about getting to a place on time. No, man, because the guy's been through so much that football is just extra. Like he's just, he's just happy to be here right now. He's just happy to be drafted and take care of his family. So I think when you have guys like that as well, um, those can take you. Those guys can take you a long way.
0: All right, we'll wrap this up on these two guys, especially, but uh, it'll go beyond that in a moment. I think you got to be a little bit careful. Uh, well, I don't know if this is true. I think we love Kinlaw's story. Everything mm-hmm. you just said about him, right? Mm-hmm. Does that sometimes drive a guy up a draft board? Is what I wonder, and uh, and maybe not a team's draft board, but mm-hmm. all these mock draft boards. Sure, because quite frankly, what has Kinlaw done in the last couple of weeks? Maybe even six weeks? To have him climbing boards the way he's had. He got hurt at the Senior Bowl, actually.
2: But here's the thing, though, Brent. The biggest thing that Kinlaw's done in his literally career of college football was at the Senior Bowl. Because whoever he went against could not stop They're him. True, and then and he the, got hurt. Yeah. and then oh, He the, got banged up. Well, he, yeah, he got banged up, yeah. I mean, it could have been just like a business decision. But I think some of it was just the standpoint of, you know what? You're not going to make any bread in the Senior Bowl game because, let's be honest, I think coaches watch more of the practices yep, yep. than they do the game. And I think Kinlaw was dominating so much where someone he was, did. probably his agent was just like, you know what? You're all good, man. Shut it down, and we'll see it at the Combine. Yeah, we'll see it someplace else. So, so I think from that, um Kinlaw, You know, listen, he kind of came off the radar a little bit, and all of a sudden the Senior Bowl comes about, and everyone's talking about him. What's for good reason, man? Because nobody could blot Kinlaw, and one could argue that you face some of the best competition at the Senior Bowl.
0: Do the Jags have to reach for one of these guys, potentially, if they want this position? Because it's a huge drop-off, mm-hmm. I would say, after that, Uh whether... Anywhere along the defensive line, even if you're talking about an edge rusher or one of these. I mean, in some of the rankings, they dropped some 20 spots. Yeah. You know, now again, these are just rankings in in terms of analysts and things like that, but there is a drop off, there's a gap. This might be one of the biggest gaps in terms of premier players that people think in Kinlaw and Brown, and then the rest of the field. Who are, who's anybody, anybody else like impress you that would be like, okay, if the Jags do, maybe they fall into an Akuda. Or maybe they fall into a Simmons, or maybe they say we want to go offensive line. We feel like there's more value in the top ten with a tackle or a receiver. Prevent you? Yeah. Well, then who at twenty? Because it's a need. Uh, they want to fill some of that void on the defensive front. Could they fall back into somebody else not
2: named Kinlaw or Brown? Because those are the only two names we really hear about. Yeah, there's see, there's this other guy named Ross Blacklock, and I just so happened to fall upon him um he's, he's from TCU, 3 Technique. Um played against Kansas and I was randomly watching this Kansas game and the guy stood out to me a lot. And obviously the announcers were very high on him. The thing with Ross Blacklock once again is the fact that there's a lot of intrigue because he's he's had an injury history, um had a pretty good season last year, but everyone talks about like the athletic freak that he is. Like even possibly more than Kidlaw is, all right? So there's that going on for him now he opted to leave this year to go to the draft which I mean I think it's going to to be a pretty good deal because they're saying possibly a first or second rounder I think that if the Jaguars are to get him in the second round I think it would be a pretty good get assuming that they don't take Kinlaw or Brown in the first round but once again Brent like I just feel like defensive tackle right now is a big need for the Jacksonville Jaguars going forward and I think that they're not going to you know, take the risk of passing either on Brown or Kinlaw to take like a guy in the later rounds. I just think like you have to know what you want and you have to go get it. So I think defensive tackle is still going to be the primary position, uh, uh, uh you know of need for that number nine pick
0: well we'll be or interesting 20. because some people don't think Derek brown will make it there so would the jags reach at nine uh-huh. with kinlaw that mm-hmm. uh, could be considered a reach at that time even though there's not that much of a gap between nine and 20 mm-hmm. Uh i'm not sure I, I think people would still be okay with it i i, I think uh, it's a little bit more risky it looks like you know that's not usually a risky position i mean most it, we've done it before right Gerald mccoy's the sues of the world yeah Even a Marcel Darius, those guys come out and they ballyhooed and for good reason and they usually live up to it to some degree. It's hard to be a complete bust in the middle. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's happened and I'm just not thinking of any right off top of my head, but Mm -hmm. I I just think if you make that kind of investment, it feels more of the safe pick, much like an offensive lineman kind of does. Now, will they reach all pro level? That's a different story.
2: Let's keep in mind, though, you got guys like Joe McCoy, though. You draft them, and they come in right away, and they make a difference. Absolutely. Okay, and, you know, the, I mean, if there is a red flag, it's with Ken Law, it's that he's, you know, he has some stuff to learn still. Yeah, he's so, so, I mean, can, can you justify at the number nine pick in a top ten, um, you know, one of your drafts, in your top ten draft, you're going to pick a guy who, you know, needs a little coaching, who, who needs to be coached up a little bit with his technique and his pass rush skill set, and you're literally taking a project at number nine? I mean, some people would say don't do it, and some people would say, well, the offer's too going to have to pass up. So I'm under the impression where I think he can come in right away and help you out in the run game, so that helps out. But once again, usually when you pick somebody in the top ten, Brent, you expect them to come in right away and make a difference.
0: One last thought. We talk, we're talking interior defensive linemen. Any chance, and I'm thinking at twenty here. Mm-hmm. If these guys, and we brought him up before, the kid from Iowa, Epinesa, I think yeah, it, yeah, it is. But, and,
2: but, uh, see, but he's more of a defensive end. But, he is. but, but he, he could play three technique,
0: definitely well, pass yeah, rush. But I, and I'm thinking more. I'm I, I'm saying take take your mind away from defensive tackle okay. uh, spot and say, well, they could use some depth there now. at Defensive end, no doubt, uh, right? Who knows what's going on with Jan? Who knows yeah. what the future is with Yon? And you know, now with Gunter being able to play multiple positions, it could give you flexibility even if you got the Epinesa kid who obviously would play, I think, more that big end role, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, even uh, I think the kid out of LSU, or uh, you know, he's he's highly thought of. Like, yep. if, if one of those guys are around at 20, you say, you know what, we see a lot of value here. And, I, and I'm thinking here with Kinlaw and, and um, Brown off the board sure. by that time and you didn't fit that need. I also don't think edge is out of the question, depending on how they view
2: those guys in terms of value. Let me say this though: if you were to take an edge player, that's a depth play. All right, yeah. Let's be honest; that, that's a depth play because you have Josh Allen, and we'll see with Yannick Ngakwe. Okay, so can you logically justify right now if you are the Jacksonville Jaguars at number twenty taking an edge rusher as a depth play? when maybe you, you could make an argument that like you have so many more glaring needs right now on corner, maybe on offensive tackle and things like that.
0: But is it bigger than a depth play if you're not sure Yannick
2: is going to play? It See, once again, it kind of depends on the defense that you want to run, right? Because if you're going to run the big end, then I think Guthrie can play that. And if you're going to just have, you know, one smaller defensive end, then that's obviously Josh yeah, sure. Allen's position. So it depends on the, on the defense a little bit. And let's be honest, if they do get an edge rusher in the first round, Well, that could be a clue that maybe they're going to change the format around on the defensive front line a little bit. Maybe the big end's going to be out of there now. Yeah, that
0: could be more of a hint at that, which seems like some of their moves have already hinted Mm -hmm. uh, to some degree in that respect. All right, we get back 10 questions in five minutes. What do we got on the docket today, including one of the most disappointing athletes maybe of all time? Fair to say? We'll see. Who would it be? Who could it be? Story on that next on ESPN six ninety.
4: Aside from the Bucks, what is your favorite team? I was a Lakers fan. Oh! I said growing up. Oh no! I gotta stop the live now. I said I was a Lakers. Oh up. hell no! I
3: said growing
2: up.
0: <laughs> Give us the context. So that's
1: Giannis. Mm. He went. Oh, li- that was
0: the. So you were telling
1: us yeah, that he went live and someone asked his girlfriend who her favorite team is other than the Bucks, and she said, "As a kid, I was a Lakers fan."
2: Yeah. First of all. Giannis said, "You know, hu double hockey sticks or hell, if you will, and th- th- that's like an F word for Giannis's vocabulary because the guy is humble as they come. So, props to her for making him so upset. Oh, I just hope that doesn't come back to haunt him. You know, I hope that that that, that whole Lakers comment doesn't stick in his head. There and were then, on oh.
1: Reddit, as you can imagine, a lot of people joking that the Lakers were going to sign her just to try to lure Giannis. That's what, that's what I'm saying.
2: That's
0: what I'm saying." Uh, That's dangerous with uh, live Facebook or live whatever. Giannis, uh, with As your girlfriend sitting right there, you never know. I mean, what kind of questions you're going to no, get might man. have to answer here. Yeah. Not that it's truth or dare, but still. I mean, we Once go again, live
1: every it's day. There, it's, it's the jungle out there,
2: Brent. It's the jungle out there. We go
1: live every day. There's never too much of a problem.
0: Yeah, but we can screen what we want to answer. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Plus, we're, we're all males, <laughs> well, too, so. too.
0: That's true. Just, that's yeah. true. Red Ornando, Austin Lane. <laughs> Bring us your questions. Bring the heat. We're not afraid of it. Uh a couple one other thing about the draft stuff that we're talking about. I got a response from let's see who it is. Drew. Here's he had a lot of greater signs in this. Akuda, greater than Simmons, greater than Brown, greater than Works or Wills Wills, uh, greater than Lamb Judy, greater than Beckton, greater than Kinlaw, Henderson. Okay. <laughs> so I think uh, leading the way was Akuda.
2: Okay. Well, and I think she's probably going to go to the Lions. So. Yeah. I mean, at number three, because they don't have Darius Slay anymore. It so, makes a lot of sense. I've, Who'd they sign again? They signed somebody. You though. said they did. I don't, no, nothing like Darius Slay, I don't no, think.
0: they signed right before they traded Slay. They signed uh, somebody <sighs> to a big deal, a decent deal. It was like three, year, no, no, Slay deal was three years, 50 million. I thought the Lions signed somebody.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I haven't been keeping track of the Lions transactions. I just thought it
0: happened like a day prior to uh, to that one happening. I can check it out, though. Okay, Kuz, while well, he checks that out, let's do 10 questions in five minutes or okay. eh, 15 if we want to. we got that much left yeah. in the show. Well, while
1: Austin's doing that, I'll start with you, Brent. Uh, Tim Kirchin said the MLB will need to go into November if they do come back. Do you believe that, and uh, do you think it would be bad for them?
2: um to answer your question real quick desmond trufant trufant
0: that's yes who they uh thank you very much you're welcome i thought you were going to do that in a Kirkshin voice
2: <laughs> mickey mouse yeah, no, we have done kirkshen it is the opening day of baseball <laughs> yeah Kirkshin uh, uh oh. listen
0: you might have to get into november i can believe that part of it yeah i can believe it it's just a matter of how much they want to salvage here's what they're going to have to ask themselves it's simple are we willing to play at neutral sites or in nearby sites that will be domed places. Because you're not playing baseball in New York on November 20th. You're just not. Uh, you can't do that. Uh, that's that's not – I don't think you can do that. You might be, you might be getting snowed out. Heated like, gloves. You seriously might get snowed out. Look, I think it's kind of silly, to be honest with you, that baseball already goes into November. I, I think it should be done, like, the last week of October. Even if you had to slide it up, I would do that. I know it's chilly in March, too, in some places. But you can at least control that with the scheduling. You can go to play in Arizona and in Miami and Atlanta and places like that at least to help uh, with the climate. You can't control it when you have your playoff teams in, in November. So uh, I think they have to ask themselves that question. Do we want to get more games in and push it all the way back to mid or late November and around Thanksgiving time, which could be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But what we have to give up is potentially home Home playoff games. I think that's a tough sell. I think if I was a player, I think if I was an organization, I think as a body of Major League Baseball, I would say, I think that home field advantage, I think home crowds going nuts, that atmosphere around the World Series and and playoff games, I think that's ultra important. And I'll risk 15 more games in the season for that.
1: Would you also be worried that maybe because of what's going on, fans may not be as around, I guess, the word with the, you know, maybe not being able to afford it.
0: Bonus question. Well, it's a a good uh, it's a good call. I don't know. I can't predict that part. I really can't. But I would say this. Let's just say they can and people will find a way or corporate corporations who buy a lot of those kind of tickets anyway, find a way. I think baseball, as much as I believe they have a lot to lose this season because they could have their entire season canceled, in my opinion. They also have a lot to gain Mm -hmm. because they could take advantage of a little bit. Different of a calendar if it works that way. And also a shorter season where people get sleepy on the baseball season. There's 162 games. It lasts six months. I think they could keep people's attention because of the shorter span of games. So it could benefit them. could be a big boom or bust year for Major League Baseball around this entire situation.
2: All right, Austin. And uh, that was our segment. One question in five minutes. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hey,
0: by the way, that was a good lead off since it's opening day. In Major League hey, baseball it
2: should be that was a good lead
0: off. We've got peanuts, we've got cracker jacks oh, yeah. here, was, and I'm, I'm having, having hot dogs and, and a big draft
1: beard. I like that. I was joking I was going to joke that you uh, you could say the MLB could hit a home run this season if they if Very they do good. it right. Thank so. you.
2: I leave that to you. But, you but brats or hot dogs? Ooh, both really, but right. brats. Brats, yeah. I'm with you, man. All right. <laughs> just the- but, but hey, if you go to Fenway Park, oh, yeah, I change everything yeah. up. It's
0: an Italian sausage okay. with peppers and onions, man. Can't beat hey, it. And a little my, mustard on my top mouth is watering
2: right this Oh, I want one right now. D- don't put ketchup on it, obviously. No way. Because we're not animals. No. Yeah. We're on uh, the same boat.
0: So I'm big ketchup guy. but um, sure, try
2: that in Milwaukee. You get, you get <laughs> stabbed if you try that.
1: Uh, my question to you, actually, yeah. I just thought of this one on the fly since it is uh, opening day. Not, not, you can't, you know, you can't do burger, you can't do hot dog, but what's like the go-to snack that you can get? What's your favorite? Obviously peanuts. You can go, um, uh, cotton candy, pretzel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So like my, like say I'm at, okay, so I'm at, I'm at Miller park right now. Opening day. All right. So I'm going to have an appetizer of about eight Miller life tall boys. (laughs) Then I'm going to wash that down with, uh, let's go with the chorizo sausage Got to have the Italian sausage. You know what? Let's put a German one in there, too. um, Wash it down with. And then I'm going to get a thing, a Cactus League nachos, they call it. It's a giant Brewer's baseball hat with nachos in it. How about that? Very good. Going to have that for a little dessert. And then let's go ahead and have a little dessert dessert with another Miller High Life (laughs) and a hot dog. Okay.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you went double dessert with the hot
2: dog? The double dessert, yeah. <laughs> Did he yeah, get, like, with ice not, cream I'm not, or... I, I'm not a big you, sweet a Dippin' Dots? Throw, throw a thing of Dippin' Dots uh, in there, too. I don't know. Dippin' Dots are so...
0: Dippin' yeah. Dots do nothing
2: for yeah, me, man. Yeah, when you're 10, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, what, what, what kind of black magic is this? Nowadays, man, nah. Uh,
0: soft serve ice cream a hundred times I can more take, than Dippin'
2: Dots. I can take a can of Pepto-Bismol drink and it's the same Dude. thing as Dippin' Dots. It tastes yeah. exactly the same. Unless, I I don't, don't, I don't unless, get, unless they want to sponsor the show. I was gonna say, I don't, I don't think get
0: the Dippin' do Dots crazy, craze, yeah. man. I don't, I don't get, get it either, man. I, ice cream of the future, they say, <laughs> bro. I
2: don't. I do not
0: break. I'll give my soft serve ice cream instead in that helmet. I'm with you. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) All right. uh, Brent, the Indy 500 was uh, postponed. Are are you surprised they did it this early and didn't wait to see if they could maybe still get it? Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that it's ever been postponed.
0: Yeah, and it's a Memorial Day, so you're talking about two months from now. But they run into an issue that I think a lot of other folks didn't, including the Olympics. Uh, The Olympics on a grander scale. But that is the international participation of that event. And I think this was a lot about getting on the calendar too. I mean, you gotta get the calendar right. You have to make commitments. I I don't know what goes on in the logistical part of that. And maybe there's even some information out there on it. But I think part of it is travel and international travel. And it's pretty, it's clear as day. We're not going to be back to, to normal, I think. By Memorial Day. I mean, like normal, normal. I mean, there might be some sense of normalcy, yeah. but I don't think we're going to get back to full-blown normal by, by Memorial Day. That doesn't feel that way, at least. So maybe they had to pencil something in. I think they moved it, what, to August 23rd. Maybe that, it was critical in getting that date or, or that worked better or I, I don't know. Could have been something logistical why they announced now, but I, I'm okay with it. I also was okay if they wanted to wait, if they felt like they could, because I don't think it was an extreme rush to get it done two months out. Uh, but they gave everybody the heads up.
1: All right, Austin awesome. Bradley wrote this one on our stream. Terry Godwin headed to the Jags. What are your thoughts?
0: You
2: know, it's depth. Um, coming from Carolina, I believe, right was with the
0: Jags last year.
2: But I'm saying, but originally though, came from Carolina, seventh round pick. Um, you know, special teams depth purposes. Uh, We'll see how the Jaguars handle the draft this year with wide receivers. Um, could be a long shot to make you know the final roster, but it's depth. It is what it is. He was on the practice squad uh,
0: last year. I think he finished here, but you are right, Carolina Panthers. uh, Obviously, Georgia Bulldog. Uh, he was seventh rounder here, two hundred thirty seventh overall. Very good. Uh, yeah, he was on Jacksonville's practice squad last year, and then was placed on um, reserve injured list uh, in December. There we go. All right. And that was not an interrupter. That was just a, a, mm, a factual. A factual update. Okay. We can
1: uh, we can add that as a thing too. Well,
0: a factual <laughs> update. <laughs> that was just making sure. Uh, that was just making sure. Austin wasn't making something up on the Ooh. odd question of Terry Godwin.
2: Yeah, I know. We have <laughs> yeah. bonus questions and we have fast, like, fast, fast factual fact. answers. Yeah, all right.
1: all right, um, Brent, so something that they s- kind of talked about on like Wingo, LeBron mentioned it on the podcast I was listening earlier, where he was saying some teams may actually have an advantage because of COVID-19, being that if you're a bigger-name player, you could be working out at home where some players may not be able to. So is there a team that kind of sticks out in your mind that actually may have an advantage when everything gets going again.
0: That's a good call. Uh, P.J. Clarissimo brought this up yesterday mm-hmm. when we had him on here in Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690, and I think it's a good call – Here's what I always say: You can work out in your own all you want, and and it's good too, and you need to, and and there's improvement. But it's so different when you work out in a team setting or at a facility that is is made for that, and like, whether it's Jags headquarters or somewhere else. So um, I, I don't know if there's an extreme advantage there, and. Cause you know, all these guys make so much money now. I I don't think you have to have, like, a family and 15 yeah. years tenure to have your own basketball court and gym. I mean, uh, listen, Clay, as Campbell used to tell us a story, I mean, he spent $100,000 on his body a year. I would think these guys spend wow. quite a bit of money on their bodies as well. Yeah.
1: Something I was thinking about is when I first heard that, because LeBron's angle was for him specifically, obviously, and he's like, well, now, like, my body's, like, used to going right now, and because I'm older, it's, like, slowed down, and so... Trying to get back into that's going to be wild. So I almost thought like maybe a younger team, the younger NBA teams, might be able to bounce into it quicks just because their bodies are
0: younger. That's a great call. I mean, I still think when we get back to playing, depending on how quick teams want to push it, launch the injury report. Uh, whether it's basketball and baseball, hockey, whatever it might be, keep an eye on the injuries. This is going to be a big part of this story, and, and maybe it just maybe it's not. But I think I think we're going to, depending on how much like. Uh training time they give them as a team to ramp back up, especially a season like the NBA that was close to getting to the most important time of the year, uh, I think uh, it, we could see a
2: lot of injuries. Kuz, I like your style. Oh, OK, whatever. I'll, I'll jump in this one because I like what <laughs> Kuz said here. Um, the youngest rosters right now in the NBA by age. Phoenix Suns number one, Chicago Bulls number two, Golden State Warriors number three, T Wolves number four, and Knicks number five. They don't have to worry about going to the playoffs. No. So. Well, okay, that's so the, the, the most yeah. relevant
0: team then the next up that
2: ladder. Uh they only gave top five. Oh, okay. Uh okay. the oldest rosters though, Houston Rockets number one, Lakers number two, Bucks number three, Mavericks number four, and the Jazz are number five. The Mavericks is kinda
1: of surprising, honestly. Mm-hmm. To me. Yeah, because Luka and it's, it feels like a younger team, but I guess not. Good steps,
2: but I don't. I don't know what like what meets the criteria, but well, I mean, listen uh, the, bottom the line starting. Is when you have
0: your ten, eleven, twelve guys. They're probably. Older veterans, you know, exactly. guys have been around 14 years or yeah. something. So cool. even the Bucks surprised me; they were in that conversation. For sure,
1: I'm surprised Atlanta wasn't up there just because they had, um, um, oh my gosh, fitz Carter Vince on, the, on the team. <laughs> yeah, <I> <laughs> <think> <laughs> he, frees- he just
2: offset him so much.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, Austin. Yes. So John Jones was yes. arrested. Uh, yep. This was a question that you kind of brought up, but we'll bring it up here. As is, uh, is there a player that has essentially self sabotaged more mm-hmm. than him?
2: I think there's been a lot of self sabotaging players, whether it's, you know, Josh Gordon in the NFL. Um, but when you talk about John Jones, first of all, let me just say this John Jones will go down in history, regardless of his off the cage we call it like out the cage record um, as the best mixed martial artist of all time okay like he the, the guy fought Vitor in his prime the guy fought Machida I mean he he went through everybody he we, we went through a murderer's row to even get the belt he went through a murderer's row to keep the belt so in my opinion John Jones by far is the best mixed martial artist of all time now i also think that John Jones is the biggest self-sabotager of all times cuz i think this is the fifth case now where John Jones has been arrested for something right and i would say this is the nfl though though there would be a different set of rules that would follow the consequences of what john jones has done being in the ufc or being in the fight game i think he, it's a little more you know casual in, in, in how upper management how the ceo Dan white handles john jones now john jones was arrested i think on tuesday for drunk driving and also firing his i guess gun off um, in traffic or something like in that Albuquerque. in Albuquerque, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where he trains and everything, and now police are, I guess, trying to trace the gun to see if it's had any like uses, like in crimes and things like that. So we'll see how that pans out. But you want to talk about self-sabotage. I think no one's, you know, done it better than John Jones, unfortunately. And this is why I've been so adamant, Brent, about people when you say that, you know, should guys that beat up their girlfriends or should guys, you know, that do these things, these horrible things get allowed second chances? And I've always been very adamant that I I draw the line on domestic abuse and I draw the line on child abuse because – It's a lot more than just making a mistake or getting caught in the moment. I think they're personality traits. And I think those personality traits stick with those people forever. John Jones one time hit a pregnant woman um – you know, while he had drugs on him, took off, hit and run, not to see, even ask if the lady was okay or not. Okay. And I get it. John Jones throws, you know, Bible verses around all the time. So he comes off like a good guy. But once again, it's personality traits, man. I think, you know, overall, I think John Jones is a flawed character and don't get me, don't get it twisted. We're all flawed. I understand that. But I just think that, you know, John Jones makes mistake after mistake after mistake because that's a personality trait. And that's just the way it is. Just like NFL players make mistakes and they can never seem to get right, they're personality traits.
1: All right. And the next question for Brent, which actually follows that, which we had talked about in the break here, is who's the most disappointing Jag in history? That's a long list, first
2: of all. Why why did you look at me? Why did you just look at me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nah, not keep, in that. keep your old hopes on your own screen and look at the screen. Yes. I, I was waiting for it, too. I'm like, is this? He's going he to look at By me. By the way, even when I look this way, I
0: look at you. And, and, and here's
2: the thing. And, uh, and you're cut out. Here's the best part about it. He looks up at me and goes, oh. It's <laughs> a long <laughs> list. Mm, man, I don't want to say it right it's now. It's a long list. But sorry, I mean, you ahead. might be on it, but sorry, it's way the, down the, the road. Right. That was my interruption. Uh, sorry. That was second, second one. Second one. <laughs>
0: Listen, from a self sabotage standpoint, uh, I I think there's no bigger one than than Justin Blackman. Yeah. Well, uh, you
2: could say Matt Jones too. Oh, sorry, yeah. I'm, my bad. No, I'm but but I
0: don't. I think I I think Matt Jones falls into line there. But I think Matt Jones was already going to be highly disappointing. Mm. You know, it, like so he actually fits Kuz's question. But I think Blaine Gabbert might be in that conversation. Derek Harvey might be in that conversation. But I think from a self sabotage standpoint, to me, at least uh, since I've been around here, uh, Justin Blackman takes the cake because that was a guy, in my opinion, I know some people disagree. I thought he was on his way to a perennial Pro Bowl career. I thought he was a special player, a really good player. I'm not sure he would have been top three receiver in the league, but I think he would have been a very, very good receiver in this league. So uh, it, from a self sabotage of John Jones, kind of <laughs> like, I mean, that, that, that fits him. Uh, From a flat-out just disappointment, again, the list is long. And I think Matt Jones is that because everybody had these high hopes and and it came kind of at at an interesting time in in franchise history. But I also think Derek Harvey would get lost in this conversation and fits it because I always say this. That was my first year here. They thought he was the final piece. Hmm. And instead what it started was this downhill spiral that has led us all the way to 2020, quite frankly. They have not been able to get out of it albeit that nice year in 2017. So Derek Harvey, in that respect, helped start this downward spiral for the Jacksonville Jaguars organization uh, because he was a complete bust, and they had hoped he was a final piece to maybe beat New England and and go to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, and everybody in the organization was wrong about that. And, of course, Harvey didn't live up to it.
1: I think we uh, officially lost this one
0: because we still have three questions. We're not going to make it. Yeah, I see that. We could uh, really extend if we wanted
2: to. We can do like, like a fast money round. What do you got?
1: I'm just telling you. you uh, all right. Uh, which team has the most approved in the AFC South?
2: Most approved? Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars because they're the ones that are kind of in the basement right now, so they have to come up.
1: Okay. Uh, Brent, will the Cowboys be better or worse next year? Better. Better? Austin, favorite player to watch in each main sport?
2: Oh, man. Okay. Giannis. Uh, Giannis in basketball, NHL, uh, I'm going to say, I guess, Dylan Larkin, even though it's whatever. Uh, it's a long story. Uh, baseball, <laughs> Yelich, duh. And what other sport am I missing? Oh, f- football? football? <laughs> 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 Gardner Jackson. <clears throat> Gardner, Gardner <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Gardner <laughs> Mitchell-Jackson. look La- Lamar Minshew, Got it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you it's on like TV, TV is tonight. It's quarterback. CBS 47 and
0: Fox 30. We'll do it again tomorrow. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690. Be safe. Be well.
3: If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.